When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling. Now, time for the show. Hey, man. What's going on? What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing. Just, you know, another day. Oh, most definitely. So, before we even get started, let me get this out because I always forget. We'd be like 20 minutes in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Premium Smoke Room and welcome to Pilgrim on I'm your wonderful co host, Carol Summer Champ, and I'm here with the, the funny and sometimes very angry at Amazon and also wrestling historian. I'm talking about the one and only, and one day will be award-winning porn star. I truly believe it. Billy Pilgrim. How you doing, my brother? All right. It's funny you mention uh, awards, because actually um, X-Biz is going down as we speak in Miami, and uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Originally, I was going to go, but I, mm-hmm. I just got back from... Uh, you know, Chicago Exotica, yeah. on top of which then there's uh, Miami Exotica coming up in July, and then I'm going to Jacksonville next week, and it's just like, you know, I'm not nominated for anything, and it, but, like, so many people and so many friends are going to be there. It's kind of like, you know, kind of wish I was there, but, you know, <laughs> they, need to, they need to space these things out a little bit more. Because you know, not everybody, Man. not everybody works for Brazzers. Okay, some some people yeah. are, you know. I'm sorry. It's just like it's like every month is a convention. That's why I give kudos to the girls that go to everyone. One because half the time they get to sit at one of these booths, so they really ain't got to worry about the money. Well, they ain't got to work. They mm. still got to go to a hotel, but at least they are centerpiece within the framework of that 
convention and it can make money at the convention. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'm hoping to... I'm hoping uh, I'm supposed to do an interview next Sunday. Um and it's for Exotica TV, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm hoping maybe I'll get on their radar and maybe be, I don't know, at least maybe get invited to some parties or something, you know, just to mm-hmm. get the, you know, for uh, for networking purposes. But, um, yeah, I just kind of wish I was there, but it's just, you know, <clears throat> I'm already, I got my room booked for Miami, but, I mean, it's mm-hmm. ridiculously expensive and that, you know, so, I mean, unfortunately, and like I said, um and it's weird. They pile the way they space them out. They they pile them all, and then like there's nothing for months. And then there's like, uh, you know, then there's like the and then it's like all piled up again. So it's like October, yeah. then December, then AVN, and all this stuff in January. And then you know, so it's kind of that's why my butt is only really focusing on like New Jersey because you know, having asked me about Miami, I was like, look, I don't know, I can do that. <laughs> because because it, it it takes okay, it takes money one for the travel, then for the hotel, you know, and then also, like I said, now me, I'm trying to work on getting a media pass. So I can go to New Jersey and be able to move around and film and I ain't got to worry about no headaches but so much. And also with that media pass, it also enables you to get into certain parties that everybody can't get into because it's media. Media's invited. And um, but even more so, it's kind of like it the money I got to save up for this shit ain't no way in here I'm gonna have Miami money. By the time Miami comes, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm again, I'm taking a huge leap, but you know, um, mm-hmm. hopefully, you have some decent money coming in. And like I said, I'm kind of waiting for a couple of people to, you know, that's the thing about <clears throat> porn in the beginning. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I got some stuff coming up, and it's going to be paid gigs. But again, it's it's a, a lot of hurry up and wait. Like, you know, somebody yeah. might book you, but it could be in August or whatever. It takes yeah. it takes a while. Even even once you get your foot in the door, it takes you know, time to be one of these guys that, you know, uh, is constantly being booked. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, New Jersey uh, probably that reminds me. I mean, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll take a look try to find out what the host hotel is because I mm-hmm. uh, part of what made this last Exotica so sweet was that Jersey was such a train wreck like I mm-hmm. if I can't get uh, a room in the host hotel <clears throat> then I'm not I'm not going because uh, Edison New Jersey fucking sucks and yes, it does. It does. Like it, it. literally. I don't. If you live in Edison, New Jersey, and you listen to the show, you have a level of patience that I think the government should come to your house and do experiments mm. on you because you. I think you might be an X Man because it's because you know. Again, you got to take like a little shuttle bus. So at least if I have the host hotel, I'm gonna drive. I probably will drive up like I did last year, but like mm. drive in, check in, go one trip to the store and buy a bunch of stuff, load up the room with food and then not leave the hotel until it's time to go home because I had to, you know, drive around. And the thing about Edison is first of all, it's laid out. You can't go, it takes like 20 minutes to go 10 feet 
but also they have have a bunch of hotels but the problem is they'll have like a group of three hotels with basically the same name they don't have another group of hotels with the same name and then a third group of like three hotels with the same name so literally you have to grill the person you're shooting with if they're not staying at the host and that's the thing if I go to Jersey and I get a room at the host hotel, you're coming to me. I don't give a fuck who you are. You're coming to me because, mm-hmm. you know, because I'll even pay for your, you want a lift? I'll pay for your lift, but I'm not driving in Edison because one shoot I lost because the girl gave me the wrong, she was, it's not her fault, but she was staying at a hotel. So she gave me the address of a different hotel, but it was the same name. So I go, so it takes me like 20 minutes to go like literally a couple of miles to get to the hotel. She sent me to the wrong hotel. And I, like I said, I try to stack as many shoots as I can when I go to these things, because Mm -hmm. half of them are going to, you know, like I had like eight or nine scenes booked. I got four, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and I don't, and again, uh, you, you run your shit how you want to run your shit. But if I have you from four to six for a shoot, then we need to get stuff done between four yeah. and six because then I'm supposed to be somewhere at like 630 or seven. Well, then, you know, they're like, I'm not going to fuck up that. I already have an obligation yeah. to somebody else. Like if you can't be on and like I said, shit happens. But what I find and what I don't tolerate is if people are going to be late, regardless of the reason okay but now if you're book if you're going to shoot something with me and you're allowing this person to show up really late and then a lot of times they're on their own clock so they're not Mm -hmm. thinking like oh you have other shit to do today like you know and then the oh my god i will i I have done it i I will cancel i will cancel the shoot like if we're booked for four and by five o'clock you're like oh he just got here i'm like all right well we're not going to shoot today because mm-hmm. I have to be somewhere later and I'm not. And just because this dude can't be on time, mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow him to like chain react. He's already cost me one shoot. You know, I, I remember one time I showed up on time, as I often do for a shoot. Mm-hmm. And they just started the scene. And this dude showed up late and then decided he was going to chit chat and roll a joint to have a grand old time. And like mm-hmm. an idiot, I just... I now, now, this is like a while ago. Now I would just go, all right, well, I'm going to go. Um, because, and, and it was the, you know, like, okay, you're late. You need to like hurry up and get to it. Don't sit there and roll a joint or whatever. Cause now you're eating up your time and now you're going to start fucking with my time. And, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want with your time. I don't give a shit. You could, you could film a five minute scene. It's oh, no, it's no, it's no, no never I'm, mind to me. Hey, look, let me tell you what happened to, what happened to me in 2019. Now, I'm supposed to have this shoot with this chick. <sighs> And we posted this at Friday. I had everything set up because originally it was like seven scenes. Two of the girls, when I contacted them prior, a little bit before, they wanted to have attitudes. One told me to go fuck off. I don't know what the hell happened that made her mad at me. The other one was saying I was thirsty, but I hadn't talked to her in almost three weeks prior to that. Um, another chick, she canceled because she said something else came up that she had to do instead of, you know, come to Zaga. I was like, oh, man, fuck. So the two that I had, well, the three that I had was, I know, was, with the two that I did do was Selena Scott and Prince Gemini. Shouts out to both of them. And Selena Scott was wonderful. 
as well as Gemini. But the other girl, we supposed to hook with that Friday. Now, caveat is for our list for, for the listeners. This motherfucking chick, come trying not to say bitch, decides just so happens that her baby daddy, who has who has the baby, lives up north, just so happened right around the corner from uh what 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 is it, Editing, Editing, New Jersey. From the convention. Now we posted hooked up that evening, the whole night, this, this, and third, right? This heifer decided that she wants to do a jailbreak with the child the day we post hook up and shoot. <laughs> now, my thing of this is maybe I'm crazy and I could be wrong, Billy, but I don't think that's a last minute decision that a woman would make. Because she literally somewhat kidnapped the child. Understand probably why I it, I'm not knocking her for it. But my thing of it is, you decide to do this on the weekend of a porn convention. So my shoot gets missed. The next day, right? I run to my man, Mr. Star. He cool people. Shouts out to Mr. Star. I don't know if he's still in the business or not. And. Me and Shorty already talked about, okay, we can't do it today. We're going to try it tomorrow. Let's do it this time. So I shoot with Selena Sky. I, we set up waiting for Shorty. She at some content fucking house, which which at one point made me hate content houses. Okay, at one point I can stand them shits. You know, I kind of eased my stance since I've got out the business, but I used to hate them fucking shits. Because everybody wants to say they got a content house. You ain't got a fucking content house. You got a bunch of broads just staying there. You just trying to fuck all of them. Stop playing. Hey, it's Princess Havoc, your favorite BBW adult star and host of Causing Havoc, along with the fabulous Bobby Lucas, where we talk about anything and everything. Come follow the dopamine with us Sundays at noon, now with video. Part of the Premium Smoke Room family and streaming exclusively on Anchor and Spotify. Run, don't walk to subscribe now. For only $4.99 a month, you get my show and four other great shows as well. See you there. Mwah. I, mean, I see it's going to be that kind of day today. So anyway, Black was saying, my man, Mr. Star, <clears throat> he comes over, me and him chilling, we talking, what have you. It was the night before. And he was like, yeah, I'm supposed to shoot with her too. I said, oh, well, cool. You know, no big deal this day and the third, right? Now, I knew this chick way back, you know, when I was doing the BCB street team, like many years ago, we just reconnected. She gets hemmed up in another shoot. My shoot gets missed because she supposed to came over to us because we had the camera, right? If I had known I had to go all the way over to her ass, we probably would have done that shit. But my man gets to shoot with her ass. I'm like, well, damn, okay. So, yeah, I felt some type of fucking way. I'm like, wait a second. Me and you done talked for three fucking months. And this motherfucker get to shoot with you. And I don't. And I was booked first. And you made me miss out because you decided that you want to do basically, kidnap, basically kidnapping your child back. Because the answer to that was you were because why would he be in New Jersey unless the father had custody? I don't know. I, I can't argue the point. 
So then I see her later on that night, right? The conversation was, yeah, we're going to hook up 6 o'clock in the morning before I leave to go Sunday to go home. Another reason why I hate to have to ride with somebody, I wish I had just got myself up there because I missed out on three shoots I could have did that goddamn Sunday because this motherfucker wanted to get back Sunday evening and I'm dealing with him. Okay. I digress. So... I already knew what it was because I'm seeing her at the after party. This is when I actually first met Dallas Strokes. Dallas Strokes, excuse me, when I met Dallas Strokes. And I, he was hanging with me at the time. But anyway, I see her. She was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, so we're going to hook up at, you know, six in the morning. She was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to hook up. We're going to hook up. I was like, I looked at her. You drunk as shit. I would believe your drunk dumb ass going to get up at six o'clock in the morning to come shoot with me. No. So, and then his sad part was going to pay and cover her travel. You know how you complain about the Atlanta chicks? This is an Atlanta chick. So, trust me, I feel your pain when it comes to Atlanta. Because them girls got an ego and an attitude about them that make no goddamn sense and they shouldn't even fucking have. Because half of them ain't even that fucking hot to begin with. But I digress. She gets an attitude trying to tell me how we're going to do the shoot, and I'm the one paying for your dumb ass to come travel to North Carolina in the first place and your hotel. So how the hell are you going to tell me about anything? You ain't even putting up no goddamn money. And on top of that, you canceled on me three times while we did this article. So trust me, I know the fifth. Well, I mean, it's it's a thing of uh, I just, I you know, it, like again, it aggravates me, and it makes it harder to get through a scene. And again, especially if I have stuff booked with other people it's like well i'm not you know again and also i'm sorry man or female if you're late to a gig when you show up and again being late it's sometimes it's it's, it's unavoidable yeah. you know what you need to be don't don't roll the joint i don't care no, if you guys are old friends you, it's, you, know, you, you need to get your shit in gear because now you're being like because you wouldn't like it and, and I can hear people talking shit now. Like, well, I'll do. I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, then how would you like it if I cracked up at a beer and started, you know, talking a country mile and, you know, was, no, you know I, whatever. I, 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 like, you wouldn't like it. So my thing is, and also, you know, there's a, you know, there's a way of doing things. And there's a way of, you know, people will express to you how important or how, what your value is to them by their yeah. actions. So it's like. Look, you that and, and he's getting. He's I mean, let's let just be honest. There's not a lot of truly professional people in this business that understand what the term professional fucking means. Well, I mean, for, uh, for me, it's like you know, again, like uh, Atlanta, the female Atlanta talent. It's like, look, I don't fit the norm of what they normally shoot with, so it doesn't matter how good I. I am or whatever or how reliable I am I don't fit into the Atlanta Atlanta's very tribal and very kind of you know um, and uh, you know and again it doesn't matter how professional or reliable I am I don't fit the mold of what Atlanta female talent or the producers want and uh, if I should start to blow up you know it's you know I I I consider myself a talent that happens to live in Atlanta. I don't consider myself an Atlanta talent. And I'm not saying this to be mm -hmm. shitty or like, like I have a grudge, but if I do start to blow up, I don't really want 
all of a sudden everybody in Atlanta blowing up my phone or my DMs or whatever. It's like, you guys weren't interested last week and I respected it. So you, if you wouldn't mind staying over there, you know, it's like, um, I'm not really looking for any, you know, kind of Johnny come lately's, uh, or if you really want to shoot with me, then you can meet my ass in Florida or when I'm in Vegas or when I'm wherever. Uh, but you know, with talent that passes through Atlanta, that, like I see talent coming to Atlanta and they're like any, I don't, when they say, Oh, any Atlanta talent, I don't reach out to them. And when mm. somebody messages me, I have apprehension because what they do. And I understand to a degree where they'll stack, they're coming in to shoot with certain people that they want to shoot with. And then they're stacking other stuff on top of it in case. Mm. they. Uh, which to me, it's like, look, and again, this is how I would do it. And, you know, well, you do things your way. But if I come to New Jersey or if I come to North Carolina and I'm going to shoot with uh, the Spit Queen, I'm going there to shoot with her. And if I'm shooting with her on Friday night and most of the day Saturday, I will book stuff if I can the rest of the weekend I'm there after I'm done with my initial thing. Now, if she cancels mm-hmm. on me, well, then I take the risk and either scramble and find more people to work with and or the trip's a loss. And that's the gamble. you That's a gamble we all take when we travel. So my argument is if you're a female talent and you're passing through Atlanta, unless you really want to work with me, don't reach out to me. Wait until we're either at a convention or wait till I'm in Florida or like wait till the next time around because I... But see, see, to be honest with you, that's the best way to be because guess what? Now, them the one, they're the most serious. You feel me? And I kind of understand, like, when I had talked to uh, Soul Salvatore, he said he never reaches out to anybody. And everyone he worked with reached out to him. I said, I'd rather rather have that than me trying to chase these chicks. Because if they reach out to you, that means they really want to fucking work with you. Well, actually, no. Actually, I have to argue against that because every Mm -hmm. because female talents, every time I've ever really been jerked around on a shoe is when they approach me first and they'll be passing through. Mm -hmm. And and this is why I had to establish certain ground rules that like, okay, you reach out to me. And and again, it it also now it depends on if I'm on a test, if I'm on a test, then yes, uh, I could be available, whatever. If I'm not on a test then I usually just say I'm not going to be available because I'm not going to risk paying for a test. And then you, you know, whatever, because somebody can't be on time or somebody wants to be, you know, rescheduled like six times and, you know, and whatever. Uh, And again, if somebody keeps moving around on you and you're going with it, that means you really want to work with them. And then Mm -hmm. you're coming back to me and messing with my date. That means you really don't, which again, you didn't need to reach out to me this go around. And, what I do is like if you book me on a Saturday at like two o'clock, yeah. if you say, Can we move it to four? I go, Okay. And then if it, but if it's like, Oh, can we move it to seven or something? Or if you come back again and say, like, Oh, I'm running, I, I will just be like, Hey, I have other stuff I got to do. And I'm not rude about it. I'm just like, Hey, I got other stuff I got to do. And I'm not available for the, I'm busy the rest of the time you're here because it's like, Look, clearly you got more important things that are important to you. And I'm not interested in standing around my apartment, which I'm probably going to do anyway, but like waiting on your call because I did not work. It, that would kill me because he, this is the reason why it kills me because they know a lot of times whether or not they can actually make that shoot. Because what kills me is that they'll book 
And I don't want to be that just in case the dude that you want to shoot with don't yeah. show up backup book. No, motherfucker. I need to be the guy wanting it. That's why I rather for girls when they come in, they come in to work with me and me only, then I'm one of many. No, because I might be the one to get fucked out of the deal. Yeah. And I took time away from my day, think we supposed to shoot. I done lost time. I done lost fucking money. I done got off work. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I done got these TTS or whatever the fuck you want me done. And guess what? You call me and say, well, I don't know. I can do this, this, and this. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, but, it, and, and again, it's like, it, you know, and it's not saying that you don't want to work with me, but it's obviously not a high priority. And I don't know what you got going on. It's not my business, but that's why if I, if I'm on a test, I go, sure. If I'm not, I'm not going. Cause I've been burned a couple of times mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. go and paid the money for the test. And then they just, and here's the other thing too. Um, that's why you do health department. Motherfuckers sit there and be like, well, now they don't accept. Well, one, that's another reason why. Because I'm like, well, I only accept health department. I didn't need TTS. Fuck you. For what? For me to need TTS? I didn't spend that 300 and then something happened. Your ass gets sick. You know, death in the family, anything like that. Some of that shit bullshit, some of it ain't. And guess what? You're not shooting. And I don't live in Vegas. I don't live in North Carolina. I don't live in fucking Florida. Damn sure don't live in Atlanta. I live in motherfucking North Carolina where there ain't a lot of girls around here that's doing adult film, let alone even willing to take a TTS for this shit regardless. Well, yeah. No, I, there's a there's a test that it's like 100 bucks, and it's literally the same test minus the unnecessary COVID test. And that's yeah. the test I usually... Now, again, usually for... If Blush Erotica calls me and books me for a shoot um, or some other big site, yes, TTS. If I go to Exotica in July, TTS. Um, but I, it's the same exact test. And ironically, hey, with me, I wouldn't even, if I was still in the game, I'd be like, fuck you. I'd do that $100 test, kiss my ass, TTS. What's the difference? Well, it's just, you know, again, for me, I just, I have a bigger goal in down the road but uh, no, know, I, I, I mean i mean i get what you're saying because you you want to play with the big dogs so because you want to play with the big dogs you gotta kind of play by their rules but i'm talking from a dude that understand this i never gave a fuck about working with hollywood you know period if that were the case when my ass started this business i would have motherfucking i had the, the, the cat look put it this way I could have went Hollywood. I had the contacts. I had the contacts. I had the producers. All they had to do was just go to them. But I never wanted that. So to me, it, I get if I'm getting paid for a scene, yeah, I do TTS all day because that's a paid gig. That's a major company. I'm doing content. No, fuck you. I throw the middle finger at you. I'm not about to do a TTS. I might do that CET for your dumb ass I'm, if I feel like it. Or you get a health department. Or what have you. The reason why, because at the end of the day, trust me, I'm not gonna make that 300 back, babe. Yeah, and and my and my thing is, I don't care if you're, you know, Gem Jules, or you're the girl that has like you like you're on your third scene. You got like 200 followers as of that morning. I'm gonna treat you exactly the same. And I'm gonna be on time, and you know, and, and and do everything I can to give you the best mm. content. And the thing is, it's not even that I think you're. I think in some cases, it's just them being cloud chasers, or them just being mm. disrespectful. But in, in most cases, it's like, look, 
I get it. I don't have a lot of clout or my name is on the rise, but it hasn't had that big blow up yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, here's the problem. If I just stand around and just constantly let you uh, reschedule and this, that, and the other thing, and, da, 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 and then eventually, eventually they just go, oh, I can't make it. Well, then I've made myself look like I'm not, you know, it's like, look, I don't care if I'm not important to you. I have worked very hard to get to the level that I'm at and to be as good as I am and to, you know, have like, you know, guys yeah. like, you know, Jason Lope, like, you know, hit me up and want to interview me or like, you know, uh, like major talents coming up to me at Chicago and going, hey, I want to work with you. Uh, I worked hard for that and I not taking myself too seriously, but it's like I am not doing this as a game. If you're not going to, you know, take me seriously or make me a priority, then you either one, you don't need to be going in my DMs or come back in when you come back in two months then you know like i don't know what else to tell you it's you know um, and also here's the other thing if they're constantly rescheduling or moving around or whatever on you they're probably not you know again because you you last you 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 last resort you break in case of emergency and if i'm that bitch fuck you Simple and, and, and like i said i as far as i know I live in the city of Atlanta. As far as I know, I am the only legitimate white male talent with like credits and references in the whole nine. And that is worth like a wooden nickel with dry rot. Um, and, yeah. and you know, it is what it is. But my thing because- is I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine with it. The thing that would get me upset and actually start to kind of make me a little, uh, a little grouchy is if all of a sudden – uh, all of people are like, you were here the whole th- like what? You, but 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 you know, like all of a sudden now, my, and like no 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 no, everybody knew I was here. Everybody well, I mean, knew I was here. No one cared. Fucking, fucking now, imbecile, they can't read. I I yeah. would, I can work with you. If you come up to me and go, okay, you're worth my time now that we could do something. I can respect that because you're being honest. If yeah. You, I actually saw a producer uh, talking about he's looking for talent to work with his. With his female talent, and I know the guy, and I live in the area, and I guarantee you, I am less of a headache to deal with than any other probably male. I'm probably the least headache-inducing of any male talent in the Atlanta, Georgia area. But <laughs> for whatever reason, and I don't know his reasons, you know, or maybe the girls don't want to work with me or whatever. But it's like, you know, you're not calling me, so you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, look, if you decide to call me, be honest and be like, look. I could now I could see a potential something in it for me. Well, then we could still do business. But if you're gonna butter up to me like I'm not aware that you know you were having parties and events and this and the other thing like a mile from my house and you never even invited me over to have a drink and say hello, well then, uh, yeah, um, you know, then then um, yeah, we're gonna have to have a little discussion. You know, I might need some some money or you know like. Uh, it depends on whatever content you want to shoot. It better be something yeah. I really want to do. Yeah, most definitely. So now we didn't got through that programming note today. We're having the wonderful Gerald Roberts coming back. I might see him an invite in a few. Um, and he's going to tell us about his experience and he's going to lead the discussion part of pro wrestling smoke side of the show about AEW since he was at dynamite live. I am so jealous of him. I wish I could. I, I'd be glad when I go to a fucking live wrestling event. <laughs> and also, uh, 
in the uh and also stay tuned to the old to the old school part one of a two part two week uh discussion upon the Sheik's book that uh as you know Billy been going nuts to to, to get and Amazon drove him nuts about. So, and once again, fuck Amazon. But anyway, with that being said, welcome to the pro wrestling smoke side of the show. And you know how we started off. Let's go all the way back to 1975. Back, back when Florida was the shit and, and Georgia championship wrestling. And you also had Southeast championship wrestling. And we also had the legendary velvet voice and we're talking about the one and only Gordon Soli telling you about the souffle. So with that being said, now we introduce and bring to you the Gordon Soli Poetry Corner. Welcome, friends, to another edition of Gordon Soli's Poetry Corner. Today, there are not a lot of great thinkers out there, but I would like to take a moment to give a little ode to the great thinkers. We have all become great thinkers today. We no longer look upon the world's greatest thinkers as any form of authority. We have become so busy mouthing the great eyes that the real thinkers have been left to the wayside. Advertising and publicity have done much to destroy anyone's ability to think a problem or set thereof through clearly. What has happened to the day when the scholar lived and learned with the teacher? What better way to learn than to live each part of the day with a great thinker? And just remember, folks, as you continue to learn, you continue to evolve. And as long as you evolve, you're heading in the right direction. Kavanaugh? Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> you know, as usual, it's wonderful to hear the great Gordon Soli talk and one of the greatest commentators. And like I said, if you haven't had a chance... Uh, Go check out and subscribe to the Premium Smoke Room for Pro Wrestling Smoke, which is our premium podcast. We actually talked about what made us fall in love with professional wrestling. It's a very good episode. Y'all should check it out. Subscribe for $4.99 a month, plus also four other wonderful premium podcasts for you to enjoy. And um, while we waiting for Mr. Gerald to come in, um... I uh shoot been trying to I been been watching my wrestling a little bit MLW uh watch a little NWA and what's been going on with that and stuff and um of course I like to start off with let's go over to the pond to Jerry to Mary Old England and some stuff that I found interesting over there Mr Mr Pilgrim um I swear for some apparent reason England their bookers know how to book fucking angles man and and I'm going to tell you how crazy it is how do you get the title over somebody without pinning them and it doesn't involve a three way <laughs> which brings me to this 
John Van Gressum is no longer the the uh, Progress Wrestling champion. Um, actually, he was stripped of the belt as of yesterday. Um, due to the angle that we've been running is that he has been running with this crew, this tag team called Lycos Gym. And um, they're the they're the English equivalent of if the Rock and Roll Express wore a mask and came from England. You know? Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at shopgwdistrict.com. That's shopgwdistrict.com. The GW District, a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, well, we still wait for Mr. Joe. We're back for commercial break. As you know, it's a commercial break that me and Anchor dropped it. So either way, it's a commercial. So we still wait for Mr. Jerry Roberts. But now I was talking about what, – what's the last thing you heard? Um, uh, About going to a live wrestling event. Damn, you missed the whole shit. <laughs> okay, let's rehash that. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's up, Mr. Roberts? Ooh, that's so loud, man. <laughs> I'm trying to go deaf. What's up, guys? Oh, my God. What's going on, brother? What's going on? And people that you hear, our guest is here in the building. And um, it was funny because we, we the anchor booted us off. And I was, and he didn't even hear what I was telling him, but I was talking about, um, I was going to go over to the, over the pond and discuss what I saw when it came to progress wrestling. And, mm. um, and it's kind of like to me, I, I've been breaking <clears throat> for weeks about ICW and progress wrestling and their storylines and their booking and, and, and how is there seem to be better bookers on their side of the pond than on this side of the pond in many ways. And, um, recently, if, if everyone knows, Jonathan Gresham it was the champion of in progress. And um, he recently was stripped of the title. Now, what was interesting with the storyline that was going is that he has aligned himself with Lycos Jim, which is a heel tag team faction. They're very good. They were former tag champs. First, I find it interesting that Gresham, this is the only promotion I ever seen him as a heel. And he worked the matches as a heel. He's damn good as a heel. <laughs> I can see him be a heel. I, I would like to see him be a heel in Ring of Honor at some point. Jonathan Gresham? Yeah. I'm oh. telling you, if you got Peacock, go look at his go look at his matches on progress and you'll see what I'm talking about. That's the five foot two guy, right? Uh, yeah. who's been married to uh what's her name? Jay, uh, Jordan Grace, fine. Yeah, ass Jordan Grace. Well, she and he's black, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All these names is getting too much for me. Sometimes I confuse them. <laughs> the, the the octopus, as they call him, he's a, he, he can go now. He, he he's a bad one. Um, but recently they stripped him of the title because the owner made 
a caveat in the match that if there was any outside interference, he'll be automatically stripped the title. And like Coach Jim interfered on purpose to cost mm-hmm. him the title, but which I already know. Oh, yeah. It, but, isn't that like a ring of honor thing? Like if you interfere, like you terminate or something like that? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, yeah. I know why Progress did it was because one, Gresson was injured. And I'm pretty sure at some point, now that he signed with AEW, that why would I let Gresson go wrestle for the company that is on the same channel as that of the WWE? You know what I'm saying? Um, Because, of course, so I'm pretty sure he was going to shut that down at some point. I was even shocked that they even gave the belt to Gresson. And that's how they got the belt of them or what have you. And 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 to Billy, this is gonna sound funny, Billy. Now, Bill, we talked about what, what who had to lose leave match, lose lose leave town match that we talked about that was recent. Uh Jerry oh wait, um Jerry Lawler and uh, Dundee. Yeah, okay. Recently, what is going on with England and lose loser leave town matches? We had one with NST UK, which was a barn burner with uh, Jordan Devlin and Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov. That shit was good. Man, it was good. Man, that was, to me, to me that was the match of the year for NST UK, straight up. I, but I, even though I think that I think Jordan Devlin probably end up, you know, Gerald probably would end up going to NST 2.0 at some point. No, let's hope not. Must have pissed somebody <laughs> off. <laughs> I know he'd be like, "Can you please just put, just put me on the main roster? If I'm gonna be shitty, at least let me be shitty on the main roster." <laughs> on the main roster. Well, then again, let's take a look at it. Would, would you rather be shitty with in a tr- in a four so I can see you, or like, or an NXT? So maybe you should go to NXT. <laughs> I mean, because to me, it's kind of like. He would be one of the most experienced motherfuckers there, if not the most experienced, honest. Yeah, but they're gonna like do him like they did all the other NXT guys. Like, give him a new, give him a stupid name and a stupid gimmick. No, they're gonna um, call him so, There's gonna be a yeah, name. Yeah, it's something stupid. So oh, just, look like that's a poor um, what's his? I forgot his real name now. Um, Butch. I forgot. Uh, fucking yeah, what's his name? Pete Dunne. Yeah, Pete Dunne. And Dewdrop and and all them other people and Oscar and fucking the list goes on yeah. and on. Yeah, I, I swear they he he liked the one name that day. If he was back in the day, it wouldn't be no Hulk Hogan. It would have been just Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> well, no, no, it would have been Hulk, um uh, Hulk Terry. versus <laughs> Macho. Oh no, Macho. <laughs> he would have took away the Mach- He would have took away the main. Would have been Hulk versus Macho for the WWF World Title. <laughs> But no, but back to what I was saying about progress. Um, they're about to have a loser leave progress match. Um, I quit match to be exact with um their biggest heel, Spike Trevant. Trevant, this is recently, we yeah, they they just announced it. Um, because the match they had yesterday ended in a double DQ because the match just got just out of hand. And um, plus, it was enough. Plus, uh, so that's two loser leaves town matches. And I was like, 
Somebody must have went back and looked at the jury lawyer and the <laughs> D said, you know something? We need to do this here. You know, period. And um, because even with uh, Daniel Bryan, I think when, 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 he, when he, I guess he left the company, they did when he got to leave SmackDown. But to me, um, I just find it funny that those <laughs> matches are now popping up now. Because Daniel Bryan matches, you can't find him on the on the on Peacock. Say what? You can't find Daniel Bryan matches on Peacock. No, uh, no, no. What I was saying was, I remember Daniel Bryan had a Smack. Loser leaves SmackDown match, or he it was a stipulation where he supposed to leave SmackDown if he didn't beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, I yeah, that was, that was last year. Yeah, so I'm I'm just curious. I just find it funny why everyone's going with that that, that storyline, and which and also Jesus, I mean, if I was if I was in WWE, I'd also put my match up in. The, if I win, I gotta leave. <laughs> yeah, hey, you ain't gonna lie, guys. <laughs> if I win, <laughs> that'd be the most hardest fought match you see ever. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy, uh, you didn't start in this. Why do you think it, when it comes? Why do you think uh, Rasmus Promotion is starting to use that stipulation again? Um, I have honestly no idea. Uh, with WWE, they have so many t- different stupid shows and different brands, and you know mm-hmm. it's like the closest. But I, it, it's the same thing with AW and their quote unquote Texas Death Match. It's like actually not a Texas Death Match, so you need to stop calling it that or actually have one. If you're not going to actually honor the stipulation and actually have the person either leave town, that's the thing. It doesn't even have to be permanent. You could be like, oh, they leave town for 90 days or something, and then they don't commit because the, the match itself is not the story, it's the aftermath of the match that's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally when the good guy lost, it was either he came back under a mask, a la Midnight Rider, the yellow dog in Florida, mm-hmm. or or uh, the, maybe the bad guy did it occasionally uh, sometimes, or the bad guy went to uh, a different territory. And it, But usually it furthered a storyline. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where people just got lazy with the booking. It didn't. You know, just, you know, they uh, they don't really have respect for the fans. To me, when you lazy book or when you don't want to do rematches or, you know, you, 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 you know, you, 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 you fast track something. That's just you being lazy, you know, and not wanting because, you know, because, again, when you write a story or, you know, you're putting together something to like report on. The idea is fun and there's parts of the writing process that are fun, but then there's like. You know, writing is 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 hard work, and there's it's a lot of you know tediousness to it to maintain the storyline, and quote unquote book bookers now, you know they're they're lazy. So I think it's become like a new crutch, and it's become mm-hmm. like a little bit of a fad. Uh, and my, my thing is, if you're not gonna either use it to further a feud, mm-hmm. or or just make it interesting when a guy leaves, then don't do it. You know, like yeah. enough enough stuff has been damaged in wrestling by lazy ass bookers and like you know and and lazy ass wrestlers just relying too much on, uh, on like tropes. You know, it, it's you know talking about um, oh we don't fall for old wrestling tropes, motherfucker. You use three tables and two chairs on the way to the ring. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I hate to break the news to you, but if I was a modern day wrestler, I would make it a point. 
Like, no, you're not using a goddamn table in my match, and you're not bringing a fuck. Unless you're going to bring that chair in, you're going to swing it for the heavens, and you better bust me open. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even gonna, and I'm not even gonna block the chair shot. You better make it a, a headshot, and you better bust me open because we're gonna make an angle out of it. Um, because you know, it's it's just a lot of laziness, and when it comes to that sort of thing. Because I think if I was a booker in this day and age, I would go look back at some of those angles and use them, and use some of them, or up to date them, because there was some good fucking angles that was there. You know, even from, you know, uh, Mid-South, some of the shit that Watts did. Um, some of the stuff that even was, uh, I-, I can even think of on the end of Florida. You know, um, it- even to where the Dusty Rhodes turned back in the day when he turned on his two tag partners because he got tired of him. He he kept getting hit in the match by mistake. And after a while, he said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, period. You know, it's a lot of things. It's, because even to the point, like, I think they should bring back, like, when, you know, when they show what happened the week before, you know, have him sit down and commentate about the shit. He's talking about it. I think that should be brought back to, to, to the new school. Because I think that was cool as hell back in the day. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if Gerald remember those days. How old is Gerald? Um, 27. When say, oh, no, nah, see, you, you, you you don't I don't think you did you grow up on the uh WCW Tony Schiavone what was it uh David Crockett <laughs> Nope I must have been I was either five or six when WCW closed their doors. Yeah I wasn't okay. watching the last but I I vaguely yeah. remember well I think like a little bit like a like a what three, four years old, perhaps younger, like a little baby. And like I was like before I go to my before I go to bed, right? I'll fall asleep in the living room. And my cousins would have it on, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Have wrestling on, like the actual era stuff from WWE. Um, the first time um, I watched wrestling, um, my sisters actually put me onto it. Uh, they, it was that 2002, 2003, 2004 era, like SmackDown on Thursday nights, and that's how I got my start. So I started watching my my first time. My first time I became a like a regular wrestling fan was um, in 2004 when JBL was a champion. And then from there, the Scott took from there. Yeah, I well, actually, yeah. When I think about JBL as champ, he had a pretty decent reign, though. I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't mad at it at all. I actually liked this character in the whole nine. And, he, and what I like about like every it, top baby face. Yeah. And him and Cena, their feud was, I loved it. I loved it. The Cena so, JBL feud. I was so hyped when Cena like, was going to win the title. So, yeah. so now there's some news real quick that I want to get to before we move into some AEW stuff. And and my man, which I'm so jealous of, went to go see live. Rick Flair is coming back to the ring. <laughs> Allegedly, I've heard. Uh, it, okay, mm-hmm. then let's go. Let's unpack this. Do we want to see Rick come back? No. Do we want to see Rick wrestle again? No, I mean it's you know come back for what like come. Back. <laughs> I mean, I I personally don't want to see it, but I mean, you know, if he if he if somebody will clear him, you know, he'll do it. Like he never wanted to retire in the first place, you know. 
Like, he retired in 2008, right? Like, against Shawn Michaels. But, like, before mm-hmm. that, when I first started watching Raw in 2005, like, I'm thinking, why is this guy still... I would feel so bad to see him take a back bump or, like, see him get hit. Like, why is he... It's, old. it's like, like, watch my grandma wrestle. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't... I don't want to see this old person get beat up. Whatever. It like this. For the okay. thumbtack, get, bloody, get bloodied up. For any fans that gonna say this, I'm about to kill that right here. Do not compare this to Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton is younger than Rick and better shaped than Rick. It, yeah, it, no, it how many bad. years ago was he when, when he almost died? I, I'm saying, but he three years removed from that. I think three to four years. For because I actually met him the week before his health, right before he went into the coma. I met him literally a week before that happened, or like less than a week. Uh, he didn't look good either. When I met him, he was at my restaurant that I was working at, and I went up to him, uh, and you know he, you know, uh, he could tell he was not feeling well and everything, but he was engaging, and you know he looked me in the eye and everything, and was giving me his time. And I think you know he was like two words in, I realized like, oh, he's not feeling well or something. So I tried to kind of speed the conversation along as much as possible whatever but you know mm-hmm. he was still you know he would have sat there probably and talked to me for 20 minutes if had i wanted it uh but yeah it was about four years because it was like in the spring i believe so it's been about four years give or take <laughs> no wait it's 2017 no wait it's five damn so that's five years near-death experience so it's like I mean, because I, I watched the workout that he did with Jay Lethal. Um, yeah. You know, did he look good? Yeah. For the moveset that he can do in the ring, it, it depends. It like this to me. Just devil's advocate. If he if he goes. He can't, I can't see him doing the bumps that he used to do. And and not many bumps as it is. Yeah, remember, you know, for, remember when, when when Orin um kicked him in the head like two years ago yeah. on the Raw? They yeah. couldn't even show that. They couldn't. Even... They turn the lights off so so the rank like miss on purpose. Yeah, he can't take a bump. <laughs> no, he 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 too fucking old shit. So, but well, what the fuck, if he came in, if he came and take a fake hit a kick like. What the fuck? I don't. Okay. I, going I'm trying it. to figure out who the fuck is going to wrestle this dude if it happens. <laughs> well, probably yeah. Jay. I hope so. <laughs> who? Who you said? Who you said? <coughs> Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. Yeah. You ever, you ever saw their feud in TNA? The Jay Lethal Ric Flair feud. Yes, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And, and Jay and Jay can do him spot on. Jay can do him spot on, yo. It's and, oh my and, god, I gotta tweet that clip and tag you in it of the the Jay Lethal Ric Flair promo. There's two, there's two of them. Mm. That's what Jay Lethal. See, I, one, I, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now there's two of them. There's one where he comes up for the first time, mm-hmm. and like, and I'm here for the first time. I'm thinking, are, are you playing Ric Flair sound bites over the over the uh, the mic? I mean, over the speakers? No, that's Jay Lethal. Doing a, a Ric Flair impression, and then the second time, right when when it's gonna have a match, Flair cut this fucking awesome promo 
the gentle saying, oh, this the, this is my mom, because she was just a huge fan of yours, and she wanted me to do whatever the fuck, right? It's like, Flair said, I can give a rat's ass about your mother. The old, <laughs> made, the old lady was living vicariously through you because she wanted to do with me. Okay, I'm the nature boy. I'm a wrestling god, okay? Everywhere I go, I mean, everywhere I've been, um, there's... Fuck, what the fuck did he say? I can't repeat it. Man. He said, he said, he said a lot of shit. I was like, oh my God. See, you, you, see, you never was, you have to go back to YouTube. I know you didn't went to YouTube and checked out the old flares. That is the flare. Don't get it twisted. He always gave the great promos, but those promos when he was young, Jesus. Just one, just one particular I was thinking about. Baby Doll came out. I think this is when Baby Doll had just switched from Tully and she was with Dusty. And she came out, she came out and told Tully and Flair, just let you know y'all next. Y'all next. Cause it was right, I think, if I'm right, Billy, this is around the time where he had hurt um Ole Anderson. When he came back after they they, they broke his leg, I think. And Rick was like, you talking all this shit. Da, 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 da. If you went on Space Mountain, you'd be like this. This nigga passed the fuck out on the goddamn floor. I died. I was like, oh shit. That was Rick. It was like, Rick is one of those him, Dusty, more so than Hogan. Got people he in. Is a, he's a very gifted monologist, a very yeah. gifted orator. Or- you you can't you 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 love to hate him. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like my grandma couldn't stand him, but you love to watch him. And it's kind of like that's where it to me, the next person to that level, that modern version, which is a nice segue from this, is MJF. Because 2024 is gonna be very interesting. Cause it the this is going to be like the equivalent of LeBron James type level shit, the way that they acting right about now. So I'm going to ask y'all this. Eat, and I want each other to answer. What you think will happen in 2024 with MJF? Um, there's so many variables to that too, because like, who's, it's not, yeah, they, they, so far they're like not messing Cody up, but like, it's not really like, because okay, MJF is a star, and I think he's worth like more than damn near the entire AEW roster. Mm-hmm. And he could be a star wherever he goes. He could be. He is potentially the biggest heel in WWE or wherever. Uh, I think that the WWE or whoever's in charge by then is out of their mind if they don't sign this guy whatever he wants and push him to the fucking moon. Um, uh, a bidding war? Tony Khan is out of his mind if he doesn't try to bid uh, uh, MJF back. That's why I think. And But because nothing surprises me anymore with the WWE. Like, I'm, not, I'm. It's not guaranteed that he'll be the star he can be in WWE. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I just fear for that. That's my only concern. 
it's like, well, they have enough sense to push them properly. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that, really. What do you Billy. think? What do you think, Billy? Um, I think it, part of it, is, I think it's part work. I think uh, depending, as long as they don't book them <laughs> like they did that that year he was in the feud with Jericho, I think he'd be crazy to leave. They're going to eventually put the belt on him because if, when Punk beats the Rhinestone Cowboy after a, a decent <laughs> reign, the one guy that you would ha- I would think you would have him lose the title to would be MJF. And I'm sorry to any wrestling fan out there. All right. You're you need to pass on whatever you're taking if you think for one fraction of one second that the WWE would know what to do with MJF or would or would you know get the fuck out of his way. Because we're talking about a guy and this is he is the literal example of everything we talk about on the show about being different, standing out, you know, like again, Orange Julius. He's a, yes, very competent wrestler, but there is nothing interesting or unique about his moveset or his wrestling ability. It's literally everybody does the same thing. He goes out there and he wrestles. He doesn't do high spot, high spot. He doesn't do dazzling moves. He knows how to cut a promo. He's like legitimately old school heel brought to modern times. We're talking about a guy that literally I've heard stories that like a handicapped kid will come up to him at an autograph signing and go, MJF, how are you doing? And he'll fire back without thinking twice about it and say, yeah. better than you. And that is brilliant. And that is the kind of, like, that's why he stands out above, and I don't give a fuck what wrestler your name. He stands out above everybody because he dares to be different. And he doesn't smile. He only know he only baby faces in the one area that he knows he can be a baby face in. And even then he does it in a really condescending heelish fashion. It's genius. And the WWE is going to make him smile and wave and hug a fucking kid with cancer. Like, Oh, he's got a flipper. So let's have MJ run on the beach in slow motion with him and make his dream come true. And then go on TV and like kick somebody in the head. Cause you know, WWE wouldn't know what to do with this fucking guy. They, they, they it literally, it'd be like, you know, fucking, It'd be like making pork chops on Passover. Like, that's how fucking clueless WWE would be with this guy. <laughs> if, if, look, if MJF, if MJF wants to, you know, uh, live below his means or live on a tight budget for a few years and, you know, maybe, maybe he gets married and he wants to have a nest egg and, and send his kid to a nice, a really good Ivy League college, sure, go to WWE and just cash that check because that's all the WWE is good for these days is cashing the check. He'd be but a fool. The, He'd be a fool to leave AEW for the WWE. Maybe Ring of Honor if Ring of Honor is up and running really well by then, but they'll, they would they would ruin him in a week. He ain't, he ain't even touching that. He ain't doing Ring of Honor. It's, it's, this is this, this what I think. And I'm going to let you speak, Gerald. He had no issue letting Cody go because he's going to keep his pillars straight. Khan is not stupid. See, people keep forgetting Khan also dad runs a sports franchise. Two of them. One of them being football. Well, not well. It, I mean, granted, yeah, it's Jacksonville. But I mean, and the soccer <laughs> team sucks, apparently. Yeah, that, that, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't need to, I, I don't need to say no more about that. Guy. But 
the point being, even in negotiation business wise, he's going to wait till the end of MJF's term to negotiate. He's not going to, because one, if he does that, now you set the prices for other motherfuckers who want to do it too. You know, period. But MJF knows that dude's going to break the bank to keep him. Because the real Yo. AEW, keep going, keep going. The real loss of AEW is not a Cody. It's not a CM Punk. It's one of them young boys that they know 10 years from now is going to be that big of a star. Because let's be real. Out of the crop that's in NXT versus the crop that AEW got, I can name four right now that's going to be iconic. There's going to be the, the hook off the top of my dome. Of course, Darby. And these motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? You can say Jungle Boy. And then, right now, I'm talking about the young crop. I would say Dante, but I think your boy Max Caster is that is 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 that dark horse. But that means I got a if he goes solo. Yeah, I got a strange feeling if he goes solo. You feel me? But I know with the, the the young guys that he has, he's not gonna let them go because he knows. For me, he he sees the writing on the wall. WWE, their crop of new talent. The other thing that people aren't realizing, it's not like oh they want to sign a year extension, they want to sign a whole new contract. So he has two years to to show his value as to why you need to pay me more, and they have two years to show him why you should stay. Because if they sign him for another five years, well then they could make him a jabroni again when that whole Jericho. Because they for the first half of AEW's existence, they fucking mismanaged uh, MJF like amazingly bad so at least in the next two years they could both show why one this is why you should stay well this is why you should pay me more money now if i get signed to a company tomorrow and they like and we're six months in and they like what i'm doing and i'm making good sales for them and they come up and they go hey we want to extend it another year well then yes by all means. So yes, you're like instead of waiting six months, you yeah, know, but, sign yeah, another but year. But but it but it's, like a, it's not about it's not about what you just did. It's the projection of what you're going to do next. Yeah. So and that's the thing. And and now a year contract. Well, you know, another year, and we're six months in. Sure. You know, why not make it a two year deal? Whereas if it was like a three year deal, and the first six months in, they're like, we want to re-sign you to. Or whatever, it'd be like, no, I'm not going anywhere, and I'm very happy. But let's wait, let's wait till a year out, so I could really, because once they get you, they get you, and then they can kind of rest. You know, they got you know, and those wrestling contracts, you know, they're technically they're supposed to be independent contractors. So I mean, you know, they uh, those contracts are. Their legal viability has always been suspect. If somebody has the money to take it to court and fight it, uh, especially WWE, like they're they're on a house of cards. All it's going to take is one high end lawyer willing to do some pro bono, or it's going to take one uh, proper federal investigation or something, and they're going to be completely fucked because their contracts, like, oh, you can't, you have to give us like more than half of everything you make in other ventures and you can't go anywhere or do anything 
without our permission, but we can fire you at any time and you don't really work for us. You're, you're an independent contractor. Like that, the only reason why that's still standing is because no one's really been able to take it to court and fight it because it's the most absurd fucking thing. That's why, you know, sometimes you meet people in the industry and they'll sit there and tell you like, well, if you want to fuck with me, you can't fuck with that person or you can't cheat with them. And I'm like, all right, well, if you don't want me to shoot with them, then what are you doing? What are we doing? Like, you know, you're going to have me close a bunch of doors because I'm not working with this person. That means next time you got something coming up, I better be your number one motherfucker on that deal. And I don't give a shit who the other male talent is. I better be number one, like the one you're taking care of, because you're asking me, you know, I'm an independent contractor. I'm out there grinding. You know, you're asking me to turn away people and not associate with people because you don't like them. So now I expect something in return, which means, you know, you got a hot girl coming through. You got a new website opening up. You got whatever. Well, then I am your number one. I don't give a fuck. Richard Mann, Thor, uh, J-Max, Ron Lawless. Nope. Me. I'm first. And then when I get tired, then you can bring somebody else in because, you know, the WWE gets away with murder, literally. And uh, and it's only going to be a matter of time before that house of cards falls. So I think it's part work. And I think he's going to, like I said, he'd be an idiot to to not resign because there's not any other company right now that's going to let him beat MJF. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to break the bank for him. <clears throat> uh, because also I can say the same thing about Wardlow. Because, oh, yeah, um, definitely Wardlow. I mean, there's another one. that That's the other thing. I think this is my prediction for the lineage of the title next year, year and a half. It's going to be Punk. It's going to be NJF. And then it's going to be Wardlow. Within the next... Like within the next eighteen months, the next three title changes: Punk, uh, MJF, and then Wardlow. Because that's like, right now; those are the three stars. And I'm sure, or you know, uh, what's his face might weasel his way back into the title picture. But you know, those, that would be my next three champions if I was booking. Okay. Speaking about AEW, yeah, yeah, you can hear, yeah. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, um, you actually went to Dynamite uh, this past week, man. So tell us about your trip to Dynamite. And also, I'm going to let you steer ahead the discussion of, you know, you know, AEW, what went on and all that good stuff. Well, first, I would be remiss to, t- not to tell you, like, my day, the day I had leading up to me finally be able to. Uh... Hey. Do you enjoy the uh, pro wrestling punditry that we're giving you on Pilgrim Bond Wrestling? Well, guess what? You can get some extra pro wrestling punditry, as well as a deeper dive into pro wrestling. I'm talking about Pro Wrestling Smoke, a premium podcast on the premium smoke room on the lounge for $4.99 a month. One of Five podcasts that you get to enjoy, and I'm talking about weekly. So subscribe to the Premium Smoke Room and check out Pro Wrestling Smoke, where me and Billy, yo, we get it in and we discuss and debate different topics from the prettiest and the best looking belt of all time to modern wrestling, the territory days, old school, what have you. He's the history, 
I'm the Marlin. So, subscribe for $4.99 a month to the Premium Smoke Room and check out Pro Wrestling Smoke. Now, smoke that over. Sorry All about right. that, brother. That was my fault. That was my fault. Back for commercial break. Billy should be punching in soon or later, whatever. But um, I'm sorry about that. And he's here. So go ahead, continue to tell us about your day leading up to head to uh, AEW Dynamite. It was actually a good thing to cut off too, because I was able to read my headphones. That's only like <laughs> to like talk to you guys right now. Um, and uh, so yeah, so the day of right, so. This doesn't even begin. The story doesn't even begin the day of the um the show, um. Cause I told you how I know how I know people, and how mm. this dude said that um. Well, don't worry, bro. I got you um, for two tickets. You and your girl could go see. It's like, all right, cool. And so I don't. So like, I don't really like um know how this stuff goes down. You know what I'm saying like, do I? I'm thinking like, do I? You know, like meet up with you the day before. Or meet meet up with you the day of. Like, how's it gonna work? Like. You know, like, right? So I'm calling him, texting, like, um, like, you know, like every few days, right? Like, just to know what's the word, you know, what's going on, um, because I heard that they sold, I heard that they sold out. That's that's another story too, that, um, because you know, your Meltzer's of the world report reported that you know, well, you know, the the AEW venue in uh, UBS at the UBS Arena in Long Island, New York, um, sold out, um. And what's it called? Um, so I was sold out. So if I didn't buy tickets now, if I if I, if I had already bought, bought tickets, right, and this 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 um, and I and I don't get to connect to my guy, then I can't go. And I kind of hyped it up so much that like um, I'm a little dumb. If I know so, I mean, if I like if I like don't provide or don't come through with this um with these tickets because um, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Now, so, now, before now, before you finish, so people can understand, some of the tickets are comp tickets because in, with any concert, what have you, is tickets that are already put to the side for certain people that they can use and they had to pay for well, for whatever reason. Well, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, are they comps? Like, are they, I didn't, I didn't know. It, it might have been, or it could have been. He couldn't go to the show. I mean, I don't know, but I know they do do that sometimes. You know, because even because, like when, like I have gotten comp tickets, like a, like there was a, an employee of UNC that had gotten tickets for a UNC basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Just because you went, you worked at UNC, so it was kind of like you know comp ticket they put to the side, what have you. So that might have been where he, where he got them from in race history. But go ahead, tell you, finish telling your story. Well, well the thing with the, the thing with the UBS, right? Um, so like if they if if they're having like tickets, um, so let's say that Sesame Street or whoever or WWE or anything, right, whoever is coming is coming there, right? They would sometimes you know, like no, um, give some comp tickets out to the UBS office to see if they can give to the employees or whoever free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, what's it called? Like I, uh, so like I know people who work there. I know the I know the person in charge personally. Um, Stuff like that, and um, he was so I'm asking, Did y'all get anything from them? AEW, I was like, No, nah, we didn't really get anything from them. But what you know, stuff like that. Uh, so, um, what's it called? Um, what's it called? So, I don't know, that was the case. So, I spoke to them, right? It's like, Oh, we don't have anything. So, um, over here, my boy Amo, right? 
he wouldn't mind me saying his name of the year. Alma, he was saying, oh, um, I'm trying to go to AEW show the YouTube. Like, yeah, it was bro, I got you. My brother does work for Ticket Booth. And so I could, I could get, like, I could get tickets from him. I said, you sure? Yeah, how much you need, bro? One, two? I was like, two, I guess. All right, I got you. I said, you sure you got me? All right. All right, you sure? All right, bet. So cool. So I'm calling him. So, like, you know, the day's leading up to it, right? You know, days pass, but I'm... I already know what to expect. So I'm just calling this to touch space. Like, so what, what I do, I come by, I come by the day up, come by the day before. Like, how do I like um, do this, whatever, right? How's it going to go down? And so no, no response, no, no text, no, um, no phone call, nothing. And if you have WhatsApp, right, you could tell they read your message or read or see your call because they have the, the two blue check marks next to it um, and so forth. And they were, they were both gray. So um, he didn't like, acknowledge my message. He didn't get my message or get my call with him, right? So, it's ringing out. So it's a, it's the day of the show, right? And um, my girl was texting me saying, yo, um, she was like, yo, um, what's, what's the word with tonight? Because I'm working right now. So I want to know if I should, like leave, go home, or like, come straight here, whatever. It's like, I'll let you know, let you know, right? So again, I ain't hear nothing from this dude. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to go because my first time going to the UBS arena. I've been to the Garden. I've been to um, the Brooklyn Center. I've been to the Coliseum. I've been to Arthur Ashe. I ain't never once. I, I I never once been to one of the UBS arena. Like last like last year, and um, hold on, I'm getting a text. Never mind. Somebody else. Um, so like I call him, but yo, you work today to see if I can come catch him. This see what's up, right? But he didn't answer again. So I, I so I have to like go. I have to like hop on the bus, right? Because the call is gone. Um. I left my house. I hopped on the bus, right? Um, I didn't take a bus in a long time. That was so weird. Anyway, I hopped on the bus, and um, first of all, the bus wasn't even trying to go because, like, when it came, right, this dude came on, and he didn't pay. He just walked on back, and the bus driver was like, yo, bro, and I'll leave him until you pay. And the dude ain't saying that. He's just sitting there looking all crazy. So, yeah, like, you know what? Nah, service no more. So I couldn't even get there. I was like, boy, stop. So, Come on, stop! Come on, can I, can I, can you just go? I'll, I'll pay for it, motherfucker. Shit, right? And then, um, so what's it called? Thankfully, a bus came up behind us, right? So we just hopped on that one, right? He told me, oh, he not, he um, I'll serve whatever. So I go there, right? And I get to the UBS, I get to the UBS arena, right? And I see the, I already it's like what, one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, right? And the the truck is already, the AW truck is already there. And you see them, right? Like, he's like he, the truck's already there, right? You have all these like um barricades set up, right? Yeah, and, I uh, see the, uh, the truck and everything. You would yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I was like, okay, so they I had best of it here, right? And then um I'm looking for I'm looking for him, I'm looking for him. I'm not sure if, I'm looking for, I'm looking for the guy who say who, who got me, right? Cause I want to know like what's up, what's going on. I'm gonna hear from you in a while. It's still good, right? And so I'm looking over. I look, he's on the lobby. He's not. He's not in the uh, in the um, any of the markets. He's not in uh, he's not on the what you call it, the he's he's nowhere to be found. I was the entire place nowhere to be found, right? And so um, I see them. I, I you know, I'm I was so I was so I was having so much fun looking for this guy because like I was actually cause I actually got to like see them get get peeking them though setting up and like I saw powerhouse Hobbs this right up close just chilling. I see Darby Allen. Darby had that, that spot that he did off the ladder. He rehearsed that shit. 
these these motherfuckers rehearsed this shit. Cause I see them like yeah. like reading like reading shit and like talking to each other. Heels very faces alike. MJF just chilling like like a regular guy, not breaking really breaking character, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And he was fine. I could get him. So you, got, you got that real early. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to find this guy to say he got me the tickets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find this motherfucker to say he got me because, like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to go now because, like, this is so so fucking cool. I'm just close to these motherfuckers. And um and so, and so I got I got like my girl on my back right because you know now she's in your ear like way back like, like you you gotta be more certain you can't be wasting my time <laughs> and then so she's on my back right so that's so I'm going out there so so I Facetime I was like yo I'm here oh it's mad cool yo where the tickets at I don't know I, I, the guy's not here I can't find him. I don't know what's going on so. I'll, so no, I said fuck it. I'll let you know. I'll try. I'll, I'll let you know what happens. Um, the the, the you want to eat? No, I'm good. Whatever. So I'm actually leaving, right? And then I finally see this motherfucker like in the in the lounge. Not the lounge, like the the not well. There's two lounge. The Dime Club Lounge, not that lounge. That's the employee lounge because he works there, right? And I finally see the motherfucker. I was like, yo, what's up? What's, yo, what happened? Like. I, I've been trying to like reach you for days. Like, what's going on? Oh my fault, bro. My mom in the hospital. Duh, 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 duh. I can't rebuild my phone like that. And I'm not gonna lie, like I believe him and I'm, for two reasons, right? That's that's my guy. He's like uh, like uh, he he's not a foul guy. Like if, if he says something happened, then I'm gonna give him better doubt because he's he's good he's good people. He wouldn't he wouldn't like intensely fuck with you, like wrong like wrong you, right? And I've been a, I've been in hospitals plenty of times, so like I know that they 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 be jamming up your phone signal, all that stuff. So I kind of like my mom in hospital, da, 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 whatever, right? Da, 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 da. It's like damn, crazy my fault. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I've been, I know I've been blowing you up. Now nah, you good, you good. Um, listen, um, I didn't get my brother said. Now nah, what's happening? Your brother said, well, why not? Because um, he said a bunch of shit. I don't remember, but um. Long story short, he said what was happening. Like fuck, but yo, bro, 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 next time I got you, you know what? What's it called? Yo, see if they still selling tickets right now, and I and I, and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and um, I'll pay you back. Like, so what's it called, right? So I'm so like I was a ticket master, right? They still got they still got like seats available. So all that shit they be saying about oh we sold out is bullshit. <laughs> you just figured it out. <laughs> you just figured that out. <laughs> well, I feel like welcome to the party. <laughs> well, 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 Jesus. Look, look, well, I went to look, I went to a WCW fall bro. Lie to you not on the pay-per-view. Cause I remember my homie told me. He said, man, they said it was sold out. I said that shit won't even quarter of the sold out of this bitch. What you talking about? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's like put it this way. When they they have a quota of certain tickets that they want to sell. Anything over that is is extra. So, like, if they say they say a place holds, let's say, ten thousand people, or let's say fifteen thousand, or depends what have you. The season's based off of the setup of the wrestling venue. Like, when they say they sold out Dorton Arena, no, they sold out Dorton Arena because Dorton Arena had. The, the cheap seats all the way down to ringside. There was and 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 there was no big ass stage. There wasn't no setup. The guys came out the back. 
through some doors and they walk out. You get what I'm saying? Not like what WWE got a whole setup with a stage that takes up about six rows of the fucking spot that they're, you know, doing the arena that they're doing it out of. You feel where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but, so they go ahead. Now, nah, but I was I was I was like something surprised they still had like um like seats available, and um it wasn't like exactly like you know like a lot, but like it wasn't like a little bit either. I'm saying let me see sense. It's still a good seats, and um I'll say it's right now, right? Like the same way I feel about sneakers, right, and like other name brand stuff. It's the same way I feel about like. Uh, event seats, like uh, like venue seats, like right, like you're a fucking fool. Um, if you spend like hundreds and thousands of dollars for like the fucking floor seats, or like hundreds, perhaps thousands of dollars on fucking name brand Jordans or glasses or clothes or whatever the fuck. Um, it's not even about it's, it's not about Gerald. You're being simple or you're being cheap. No, like. I, I think the the I think like the um, the seats in the middle or the even the high seats are fine as long as the scenes are the show. They're, they're just like just like how um I think you're a fucking fool if you buy like sneakers for more than like forty fifty bucks. Um, what else? So I mean, so I had like good seats. The tickets cost two tickets cost me like what about one hundred seventy five dollars. So like one and three quarter hundred dollars that I spent that day. And those things, y'all got you. I got you. I'll pay you back and I got you next time you come over here. Da, 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 da. I think, bro, don't even worry about you. Because that's not really like, a lot of money to me. I'm saying, like, stuff like that. So, like, I'm sweat. You still cool, right? As long as you get to see my show, right? Da, then we then we good, right? Da, 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 da. All right, cool. So, I buy the tickets and then, all right, you know what? I got, wow, a lot of time left until the start. So, let me head back home. Let me shower, change my clothes, relax a little bit, and uh, come back here. And then uh, we came. Then uh, my girl, she came. She parked the car, she, um, she parked the car at the church, which you're not really supposed to do. But like, I mean, don't worry, like, I got you. If they if they give you any shit, just just, just call me. I'll tell them I'll pull straight. Um, what's it called? Um, so we hopped on the bus. We hopped on the bus. Cause there's like there's like a free shuttle bus that takes us from um the Queens Village Long Island Railroad Station to the U- the UBS Arena. It does that because they're doing track work um with the Long Island Railroad. Um, so the Belmont the Belmont tra- train isn't really like operational yet. So they have like a shuttle bus that takes you from um uh Queens Village to to Belmont, which is where the UBS is. Um, uh, what's it called? So we took the free shuttle bus to there, right? And so we get there, right? And so, like, I'm not using the back entrance because, like, I got my, because, like, even though I have my pass, right? I'm with her. So my mom says, like, all right, so we go to, so we're the main entrance so we, like, go to the event, right? Um, I got the tickets on my phone, the e tickets, of course. And there's, like, there's, like, a moderately long line, but we get there with no problem, right? And then we put our shit through the, through the scanner machine, right? And, I brought my note. I brought my book bag there because it has my my notebook inside a bit, right? Because like I take notes, you know, because I because I write I, I I write about this stuff, right? And um, what's it called? Um, the first time in my life ever, a motherfucker told me, "Oh, I can't bring my bag in. So I got I got to put it in bag check." What? So I gotta give. 
<laughs> why? <laughs> why? So, why? I mean, you ain't okay. Y'all being so, so y'all being, but I've been okay. But I've been to Barclays, I've been to Garden, I've been to Coliseum. You're the only one second I keep about book bagging. The fuck? Like, why do you guys check it if you're going whatever? Because they because we put through a scan, you got to open your badge, you can like look through it. So why do you guys look through it if I fuck whatever? Whatever. That shit got that shit got me annoyed. So I know it's funny. And you know it's funny next time, like what I could have done. In hindsight, and next time also, right? I'll just go to the employee. I'll just go to um, I'll just go to the like employee's entrance, right? Cause I got my ID with me, my badge, and um, meet up with her. Meet up, bring all my shit with me. Meet up with her at the fucking at 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 the at the what you call it the what you call it the, the hall where you go sit down with the fuck, right? Meet up with her there, or but yeah. Next time, I won't, I won't even buy a ticket. I just go to the fucking. I just go use my employee badge and fucking just um go in there for free next time because I'm a fucking person. I'll do that. Don't get me tight. Um, I, I was in there anyway. <laughs> nah, because we could have. We could have very well done that. Ain't nobody. There was one, yeah, Grant. There was one dude posted up, right? But like that dude wasn't well seated. So like, <laughs> I ain't got to put my ticket or nothing. I just walked on by. I thought I was there, standing nothing. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I spent damn near twenty dollars to come in for free. Fuck you. Uh, what else? Uh, that happened. And so we get there. It's like after six, seven o'clock, right? So you know, you know they're taping the, the dark tapings, right? AEW dark, yeah. right? And so, um, we didn't really care for that because it's, it's the YouTube show, and we'll see it again like afterwards, anyway, right? Um, so I spent I spent like that first hour going to the bathroom, getting stuff to eat, and I was showing her around, like, yo, these are my boys. So that's Brandon. That's what's his name. That's what's his name. This is um, the Dime Club. You could chill here. This is the, uh, the smoking area. This is, you know, um, one thing to eat. I'm saying, like, I got you because, um, because, uh, what's it called? Uh, not only, not only, like, do they, not only do they fuck with me enough to give me free, free food, right? But, like, they know you're my girl, so they got you too. And also, I know where to go. I know, I know, so, uh, so, like, okay, so, the places, the good places that like that got good stuff, like the Chinese place and the and the the, the other places. Uh, what's it called? The the place that Shaq owns. What's that shit called? Big Chicken by Shaq. Shaq owns it. He was he was there to open the place. Big Chicken, right? All the good stuff was gone. So all he had was like ballparks and like hot dogs and sausages and fucking tenders and burgers and all that all that fucking wax generic stuff that you get anywhere, right? All the good shit was close for a reason, like whatever. So. I told her, I told her like how I can like dance, just sneak back here, just piss out close and get free shit, right? The, the whatever the fuck, right? Um, so we just spent the first hour just walking around, showing her around, right? And I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of cool because like I'll be like, oh don't worry, I got a pet. Um, I'm just showing her around, and they see my badge, and they don't, and people just leave me alone because they think they they think I work there, whatever the fuck. <laughs> like that. Um, and um, what's it called? It's a press badge I got, but like they can see, and they just let me rock and level, level, whatever I guess, <laughs> something like that. And I even have a shirt, like a like a fucking UBS shirt in my bag just in case that somebody gives me shit. I could like wear it and think, and think I worked there. <laughs> but anyway, um, I didn't do that. So I sort around for the first hour. We go we go back in town for the show, diamond to start, and the show starts. Then we're having a good time, and then we walk out after dynamite 
we didn't feel sick around for a rampage or the rest of the tapings or the other shit that he was taping. But yeah, that's pretty much so, how my day yeah, went. So, so it was like after ten o'clock, it was another what two to three hours of them recording the other shit. Yeah, so we had a rampage, and they had um. Yeah, right. I would have lived that. And they had, and they had, and they had, and they had, and they had um other shit going on too. You know, oh um, I think on YouTube you see a clip of like Hook knocking out CM Punk and a bunch of yeah. other shit. And, you choking him and out then, with the ring. Uh, yeah, and then Tony Khan was like, "Oh, big shit." Oh, by the way, it's like when um when Dynamite was like when one commercial Tony Khan came out, I'm like, "Oh, thank you guys for coming out tonight. Just make sure you stick around after after Dynamite. Yeah, have an announcement. Have an announcement for you guys. Be so fucking cool." Okay. I, I never know. I never learned so, nothing was. So 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 during the action, like when the matches were happening, how was the crowd? Was it was it hot? Was it you know? Um... The crowd was hot and they had the chance, but like I wrote, I even, I even wrote this right. It wasn't as hot as like the time I went to Arthur Rash. Like that crowd was fucking on fire, like mm-hmm. a goddamn white hot sun, and this. I mean, compared to that, the crowd was like mm, kind of mild, but it was hot. But comparatively speaking, it was mild compared to like how they were at the at the Arthur, at the other Rash um, arena. Um, so I don't know what that was about, but it was it was hot. The crowd was hot, it was just comparatively less hot than, than the last time I went to so, AEW. So, well, um, since you since you was at the AEW show, let's talk about Dynamite and some of the action that went on there and stuff. Happened. From your eyesight, what was to you the match of the night? The match of the night is uh, reluctantly, I gotta say, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen in that mm-hmm. fucking. Match I gave three and three quarter stars to my my girl gave it four and a half. Uh, in hindsight, like the more I look back at this match, the more I dislike it. But um, that'll... hey, how you doing? Let me tell you about a great deal. Why don't you come on over to the premium smoke room? There ain't no smoke like premium smoke. I'm talking about four premium podcasts. I'm talking about Miss Big Queen and the Porn Rap Star. I'm talking about Pilgrim on Wrestling. I'm talking about Causing Havoc with Princess Havoc, as well as the Read Daily Report. Oh, I'm sorry, five, STO Dark. Plus also extra premium episodes for some of the hottest ladies and gents in the business of porn. And all this for... Four ninety nine a month. I'm talking about five to six extra episodes a week on top of the free shit that you get. So do the math. Great deal. Only on Spotify, only on Anchor. Come check me out. Come catch this premium smoke. Hello. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Yeah, I know. Billy gonna come in in a second, but um, I was talking about. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was Darby the match tonight? You said was the Darby Allen and um, reluctantly Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy because that was the most heated match. Um, 
that was that was the craziest match um, of the night. Uh, I like this match less and less every time I think about it in hindsight because Christ on the cross. Uh, because because um, shout to Sarah, she she loves Jeff Hardy, but she doesn't understand um something, and that's that. This is this is this is not the same Jeff Hardy from like five, ten, or fifteen years ago. This is fucking Jeff Hardy, who's a recovering addict, who did a bunch of stupid and dangerous things back in the day, and he because he's a recovering addict, he can't take painkillers. So I suspect he's always in fucking pain. And he well, looks not like only it, that, he the motherfucker. old. it's it's yes. it. it it's like this, right? Um, I, I saw a little bit pieces of the match or what have you. One, it's crazy how, for some apparent reason, every time you always once a year get Darby losing the match once he hits like the coffin drop and then the dude rolls him. <laughs> to just roll yeah, him like, the bullshit I, He gets that last year it was Cody. <laughs> yeah. You think he'd learn? He stopped doing that move. That's, and Billy, what you thought, mm-hmm. thought about Harvey and the uh, and and the Jeff Hardy match? I didn't pay much attention to it. It's kind of just I knew what kind of match it was going to be, and I've you know, and honestly, I thought the wrong guy won. Yeah, me too. I yeah, was there. Actually, me yeah. too. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, that's twice that Darby Allen hit his finisher, and twice he lost immediately after. So something to consider there, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, because it like uh, to me, I, I, the I don't see the value of Jeff Hardy moving on in the Owen Hart tournament. You got yeah. the Hardy problem there. Push them in the divi- push them in the tag team division. There you go. Yeah. You don't need to be in the world title hunt, the TNT title hunt. You know, it's kind of like you, your pillar should be your final four in that one horse. You know, period. Now, I understand that, you know, of course, MJF would not be in the Owen Hart turn. You get where I'm coming from? It's kind of like to me. I be with Billy. And that, that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that reminds me though, two, two two things. Why isn't MJF in the tournament? And number two, why why was uh, Jeff Hardy and uh, Darby Allen like a no DQ match? Why why are some matches no DQ in tournament, and why are others like regular matches? Furthermore, why uh, uh, what's her name again? Chris Flatliner, right? Why yeah. is she able to like Stand not Stand qualify? Stand 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 the... I call her I call her flatliner because she's fucking dangerous. Uh, uh, why is she able to be announced in the tournament and never have to qualify? It's, it's just it's just a bunch, a bunch of things to nitpick about that. Maybe because it's me, like I, I it's the small things for me, but like I just well, notice these these fine yeah, little details. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like that. See, see, now you think like me and Billy to be. It should make some type of sense because okay, you're gonna throw Chris Statlander into the tournament. One, Chris Statlander, I once opinion is not one this year. You know, period. You 
could have had. Okay, we know Sandra D. She's right now dealing in the, in the title hunt. Okay, many of the chicks that they could have. Seen, I'm sorry, Sandra. Chicks, women that they could have probably thrown in that spot that Chris Stanlander could have beaten to explain why y'all gonna hand it to her. You feel what I'm saying? You know, period. So it's kind of like to me. Um, it, it once again is it's it's the way that they booking the women's shit. Is it's, it's it, it it the way they booking is it's ridiculous. Like Impact end up becoming the better women division out of all of this shit. Well, fell down now. Fell down now. Fell down. Dude, let's, they, let's, they, uh, let's relax. <laughs> But we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that once we get through AEW. AEW, excuse me. But um, they have like what three people? I'll consider. That's shit, it. Hey, hey, they add, bro. But anyway, Billy, your thoughts on on what on the how Statlander got into the tournament? Because because he, he he mentioned it. Uh. Again, it just it's one of the holes in Tony's book, and he just decides one day that person's yeah. a contender. Like, you know, again, Nyla Rose, not to take anything away from her, but how the fuck was she a contender all of a sudden for the women's title? It's, you know, um, I saw a video on YouTube that apparently right before Cody took his little ego and went home, uh, that uh, Brandy was stacking up wins for a possible run at the title on those dark shows. And it's like, dude, you if you Brandy? if you can't book one it's company Brandy. properly, you can't book two properly. Like it does unless you unless you make uh the shows important or you discuss them and show highlights and like you know openly discuss shit that happens on these shows, they don't exist. So whatever the fuck that, that excuse of well, you know, she saved an orphan and you know and and uh, resurrected, you know. Lazarus and you know so on on the dark like yeah I didn't see it didn't happen you know what I did happen uh, one of the new stars that you paid a lot of money for lost to Orange Julius with, with the lamest fucking passive aggressive hug I've ever seen and then got <laughs> shot the world title that I saw I didn't see <laughs> I can't person, see that <laughs> you know like he, again it's it's this weird it's just and it's every booker in the wrestling it seems to be guilty of it in that well this counts because this week it fits what I need to happen and it's like no no actually no that's 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 what makes wrestling fake and Tony needs to you know like either start delegating some shit or he needs to kind of you know needs to fucking you know start up uh, but his woman's division is sad it is part of the reason why his woman's division is sad is because he's letting a guy who has a very loose sense of what uh, like that that women's Japanese tag match between Rio and the and the uh, elf was fucking horrible, and you know, and I, I mean, and again, I don't understand when guys talk about size when it comes to women's wrestling, but she literally has no no strength. Like everything she does doesn't look like it does anything because she has no impact. She's literally the daintiest wayfish thing I've ever seen, and it's like, why is that? Like, this could be a jobber match to, like, get one jobber a little bit over to do more jobs. But, like, the fact that Riho is being pushed, and once she's back in the full swing, if she can stay healthy, they're going to push her right back in the mix of everything. And it's like, she can't, 
she can't hold up in a real wrestling match. She can't hold the candle to Nyla Rose. She can't keep pace with uh, Thunder Rosa. She can't keep pace with, um, you know, uh, uh, Britt Baker or, you know, even Satlander or um, like a lot of the girls that they're kind of not really using. And as far as Gar- Cargill, she doesn't even yeah. have the skill to make somebody who knows how to wrestle look good. Like, all she's going to do is make Cargill look even worse than she already does. So, like... Yeah, I would tell you th- what I found so funny about their crew, right? The best wrestler ain't even getting to shine in the damn crew. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which no, is Kira Hogan. <laughs> and she's a beat. It's just, you know, it's a thing of, like, they need to... Um, they need to, you know, again, like structure these things better and you know trim the fat on the shows to make more room for more matches and everything like i said it's becoming painfully obvious that you're just plucking you know people out of the obscurity and then throwing them into the mix like it's supposed to mean something and also again you know um there's a there's a lot you know you not everybody's meant to be in the mix just because you get along with them or have or buddies with them you know, off camera doesn't mean they fit what you need to get across on TV. So, I mean, you know, like I said, Man. Tony, Tony needs to be worried less about being people's friends. And, you know, the reason why I brought that up is because uh, I'll just point out like the, um, the, the small details that I seem like lack attention of like why in the entire tournament is Jeff Hardy's match. The only match that's like a no DQ match. Because it, it it was a shiny spectacle. It's like here's the young Jeff Hardy and here's the old Jeff Hardy. So you know, that <laughs> thing of it, it, it was what it was. Yeah. It wasn't a wrestling match. It was a fucking yeah. high spot fest. And you know, watching because, grand, but, watching Grandpa it, like climb the ladder and it, you know, Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen could not pull off an actual wrestling match, even though Darby Allen can fucking wrestle his ass off. You feel what I'm saying? Jeff Hardy could actually wrestle his ass off. You feel me? But they want the high-flying, death-defying bumps. That's why they made it no DQ. They wanted to put, they yes. put a hat on, in the words of Jim Cornette, they put a hat on top of a hat. You already had the marquee matchup of Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. And Lazy booking. <laughs> You didn't need it to be no DQ because they were going to do that shit regardless. They're going to do crazy shit anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're going to do crazy shit anyway. It's just, it would have made them do it a little bit more centered into the ring and within the confines of a match that had rules, but they didn't need a DQ. They just did a DQ because they were like, you know, I think it would be nice we just take a DQ so they can really do some crazy shit. But the shit they did was what and they not, did anyway. Not only that, like hindsight is always twenty twenty. Like just, I was saying when uh when Billy was off was off offline for a couple of seconds, how um like this this fucking guy like this, I tried to explain to like my um my uh I don't know what to call her. I I tried to explain to Sarah right um yeah. my co-host my my business partner, you know, my friend. Uh, what's it called? That like this isn't the same Jeff Hardy from like five, ten, fifteen years ago. Like since then, right? He's he's you no know, fell off all sorts of heights, 
all sorts of shit. He's all sorts of dumb shit, right? Um, like he's all his back, his fucking pelvis, and his neck is all fucked up, right? He's a recovering drug addict, so he can't take painkillers. So he's walking around hurt all the damn time. Like I watch him, and I I was saying this back in 2018. Like I'm watching him, like like everything he does hurts. Like even walking or moving, like hurts yeah, he, for him. Dancing to the oh, ring when you're supposed to be saving your brother. That probably hurts too. That probably. That probably hurts too, but um, Dad, but um, it's like <laughs> Jeff Hardy. But uh, I mean, not anymore. I mean, I always thought he was kind of dorky, but Jeff Hardy is the perfect example of what you can get away with when the girls think you're cute. Because this dude, they, I've heard some of his music, and yeah, okay, you're a musician. And I've seen some of his artwork. I was like, okay, and then, like I said, his dance moves and all the weird movements he does. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is definitely like if anybody else, it's it was definitely he had swagger because uh Jeff Hardy would be one of those yeah, guys dude, at the bar yeah, where it's like your, your, your ass needs to go to the other end of the bar so, and stay there because you knocked this trick out of so, my hand, we're gonna have a problem. Uh so, so, yeah. all throughout this match, all throughout this match and just like all throughout the, the show, right? You know, Sarah would be like, um she was she would always she'd be like always um saying, doesn't that hurt them? Oh my gosh. I'm like, so is that fake or not? You can't oh no, John, you can't fake. And like, yeah, it, it fucking hurts. Yeah. And she was like, and I'm like, and she's like, so she watched this fucking guy jump off a ladder onto another guy onto a bunch of chairs, right? And she's like, oh my house is still alive. And then there's another bump too. I think Jeff or somebody, one of them fucking just jumped, fell off or jumped off a height onto the steel steps or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. How oh, is he how is how is he okay? And I was like, how is he okay? And like I'm not gonna lie, like I said this half jokingly. I'm not gonna lie. Like the only reason why he's alive, the only thing keeping alive is adrenaline. Cause he got mad broken bones and internal injuries and bleeding and shit like that. What do you keep keeping him alive? You I said see, that half see. jokingly. A lot of those guys that take those bumps, yeah, they're gonna be heard of. You know, think about. Yeah. I think you gotta move on because you know, what I'm saying I'm trying to, you know, keep the show moving a little bit. Yeah. Um, think about down to my kid. That gives you the perfect example. Only oh, the heart, the fucking guy in the tournament that's gonna end after. Keep going. That's yeah. how he died. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's wild. But anyway, so how was it when the CM Punk came out? Because I yeah, cause, this um, was the same the same way he came out last time and when he came to the UBS in Long Island. Mm-hmm. It was just mind trippy because like um he was acting he was playing the heel back then, like he was t- um back that he was um on Wednesday. Uh MGF was playing the baby face and it was like mind trippy. I was like, again, yeah. is this a double turn? Both times <laughs> when he came out. When he came up, when he came out, like is this like a double turn? Like is he going? He's like no, just it's just like it's like Brett in uh, no, it's just like Sean in Canada and Brett in Canada. It's like he's a baby face there, and he's a baby face the way Brett Hart's a baby face in Canada, and CM Punk is a, is a heel in Canada the way that Shawn Michaels was a heel in Canada, or probably still is. Yeah, or or so- for that matter. <laughs> That's what it is like. I don't. I don't know shit about hockey, so I don't know who the guy. I don't know 
what um who's clothes who's wearing. But yeah, he's wearing the the long, the, the, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, I know that I know that much, but like he was like parroting some guy, some particular player who I guess apparently quit the team or left the team or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, he was he was like parroting that guy, and uh, the crowd and the crowd booed him or whatever the fuck. And she was like, "Why is he booing him?" I, like, I really don't know. Maybe he's, he's like wearing their colors, but why have you booed him wearing your colors? Whatever. But apparently she's she's making fun of some guy that put the team. I don't know, but I don't know anything about that. But anyway, uh, so that was the match. Well, well, watch it live mm-hmm. anyway, because that, that's the perspective that you know we didn't get. So how was it live watching him against him and John Silver? Um, I think it would been one of those matches that would be better. I would have thought it was better if I was watching on my TV as opposed to live because this Jesus, this guy's fucking short. And like it, it, again, it was mind trippy watching CM Punk sell for like, and I don't mean anything by this, but like sell for a midget. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on. No, I'm good. All right, yeah, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Um, I got that right there. I know right there, Billy, he chopping in the big, he can't die stand in the dark order. First of all, it's the, it's the George Goulas gang, and second of all, it's Daddy not even so much sick. his height, it's not even so much his height, whereas Punk is not exactly, what is he, like six foot? So this guy is really, really short, <laughs> but you, but Taz was short, there's like guys that are short, but you made him a fucking yeah. goof, you made him a goofball. So now you got him in there with your top guy and having a competitive match and making him sell. And then like the way the match, it was just again dumb, bad. Like yeah, I'm sure the guy is great in real life. I'm sure he's a delightful human being and uses his left and right turn indicators and everything. And he's a nice, but he shouldn't be in the ring with Punk. If anything, Punk should have did what um, he did to. Uh, to uh, what's his name? Um, fuck. Uh, oh, shit. I'm blanking on his name. Like you know, MJF. MJF's uh, flunky, where he beat him in like uh, Spears, Britney Spears. Okay, so Sean Spears gets beat in a couple seconds. Meanwhile, like you know, uh, Thumbelina here has a competitive match and has, you know, has um, has like a competitive match with Punk. It has him on the ropes, and it's like you know, again, there's this is why being a Booker. Or being creative is not an easy job. It's like perception, and you got to be consistent. Um, and it just—I didn't want to see this match. I kind of paid half attention to it because I had to watch it for the show. But this fucking guy is a goddamn goofball. And yeah, I get it. He's like built, but really, he's just stocky. Like, go change your diet, get a little bit more rib, go away, and come back when you're like serious. You know, and not like over the top, mean, mm-hmm. serious, like, you know, like, a, like have like a, like if he had the old Ole Anderson style where he picked a body part and just wore on it and was yeah, like see, vicious. Yeah, yeah I that, see what you're saying. Like driving him light. very well. And you can, and then on commentary, you can go, well, he's a grinder and he's this, that, and the other thing in the, in the vein of a Johnny Valentine or Ole Anderson and he's lethal and you gotta, and you have him wrestle a match in a certain way. Like you would fight somebody 
That, that's why grappling was invented. So, like, you know, you can control bigger guys. And this fucking guy's like a little goddamn pinball. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, he's pulling a thimble out from under the ring. And now he's got to hit Punk with it. It's like, what next? The shoe? It's like, I, I don't, I don't want to fucking see any of these assholes anymore. Put him in a little race car. Give him $200 and send his ass past go. Um it's just enough. Even even was... even what culture who like is a massive bullshit wrestling oh, apologist was already talking about how the, the, the George Goulas gang is like beyond past its duty. I, I I look back now, I think I was way too forgiving and nice giving my ratings like watching these matches. Cause I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I guess match three stars. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? But um mm. yeah, it was it was my trip watching this match. Because like um, I mean, I like playing heel. Two selling for a midget. That's well, the I mean, only thing I really liked about. It. I like the fact that he won the match using the buckshot lariat. That's the only part I really liked about the match. But, but it was a city buckshot lariat. I thought I didn't even think I didn't even, I, I didn't even think. Yeah, <laughs> when, when, when I first saw it, right, I thought that was another move. I didn't, I, I didn't even think that was a bullshit lariat. I thought, wow, he pinned the clothesline. Okay, I guess. And then, oh, everybody kept saying, yo, we use um, fucking Adam Page's move. <laughs> even the, I'm like, it, oh, I, I did not even realize that. And then, I thought it was like a city looking clothesline. <laughs> even the build up to this main event is terrible. It's like, it's, it's just. What, what, when he when he's not on his game, it is very apparent. Like it's look, I don't care how you do it, just get the belt off him. But how they're just from beginning to end, like everything they've done with Paige, and now this rush to get the belt off him, it's so badly done. And the thing that makes it so just like in your face is that none of this had to happen. And what do you think about what do you think about Adam Page? Saying heelish shit last week and acting heelish this week. My balls at sixteen were more heelish. He's a cowy baby. That's the fucking thing that keeps saying every week. He's not a real cowboy. Fucking Paul Lynn in Chaps at Pride was more of a fucking cowboy. Okay, a little Jewish boy from Queens. That literally goes, Ivan is more of a fucking cowboy, and now all he does is pout. He wasn't even a fun drunk. And you're going to make a top guy by having him hang out with literally, it's like the, like if George Goulas separated like Voltron and became a gang wrestler that he didn't give a fuck about. Oh, that's who he's going to hang out with. It's like, Yikes, it's I didn't, I didn't mean to fucking cluster. Well. It's the Enron of wrestling. It's beautiful. Like, this entire fucking experiment with Adam Page. And he didn't have to have it. Like, the, it's huh. the sky is beyond. Like, he so should he go did. to the WWE. He, he should, like, go to the WWE and sign a big contract and get a fresh start. Because, honestly, once they take the belt off him, this is the one time you don't need a rematch. You need to take his ass off AWTV and send him oh anywhere. And when he comes back... Nobody talk about what happened. You, you, when he comes back, <laughs> I mean, in, in WWE, what you do? If I hear you even remotely say anything that resembles "ye" or "ha," you're fired. It's just bad. I mean, Tony Khan, go ahead, Tony go Khan ahead, Any wrestling company would have been fired for Booker 
for this shit. I would have fired his ass and then proceeded to make sure he could not get another booking job. And Adam Page yeah. at this point is now culpable because you went along with all this shit. And not only that, but you didn't pull not a thing of it off. I've been put in some situations where this scene sucks or I don't like what I'm in, but I managed to make aspects of it work and pull it off. He literally F across the board. The gear, the outfit, your promos, your facial expressions, everything, all of it, F. You pulled off nothing. You lose. You get nothing. Good day. Like, literally. I, 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 I told him that, uh, I told um, Sarah that, oh, see that guy right there? He's uh, the champion. Wait, he's the champion? She could not believe that. She could not believe yeah, because yeah, you don't watch AEW at all. I know who this motherfucker is. They, they, they understand this. They could have made him with Daniel Bryan. Okay? They could have made him. When they separated it, it like this. Not every champion <clears throat> needs to be with a crew or with a clique. See, Moxley worked because Moxley, he, he don't need to run with the crew. He might have some people that might jump with him or what have you. Moxley was menacing. Moxley, we can see him as a champ. Not because he was a WWE champion. We can see him as a champ. You feel me? Yeah. Paige was the one guy that I was like, okay, I can see him as a champion. But then as his title reign moved, they didn't make him look meaningful. They didn't make they it, it they didn't make they didn't elevate him with the booking. You feel what I'm coming from? Because yeah. one out the box, you give him Daniel Bryan, then you come right back and you give him the murder hawk. The murder hawk we ain't seen on TV in almost about three to four months, who ain't had a win, who has yet to win a main event of any pay-per-view. Period has not won a title, has not won even a meaningful feud, and just because he came in and punches, you know, your boy, he gets a title shot. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. It's it's it has to make sense. You know what I'm saying? You take and and and, and of course he agreed with me too, Adam Page. You winked him in my eyes because he lost. To Orange Cassidy, and you didn't even let him get the loss back. Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, yeah, Adam Cole. You didn't let him get the loss back. You could have been like, well, since he beat you and he's the number one contender, even though it didn't count, y'all gonna have a number one contenders match. He beats him in a number one contenders match. Now, guess what? All is forgiven because he beat him when it counted. Just that small little tidbit. No, I couldn't beat him in a in, in a in, in a lights out match, but I beat him when it counted. When I get a title shot, it's like they scared to give you a reason for the dude to have a title to have a title shot. Then Adam Page beats him clean. It wasn't even uh where he might have had his leg on the ropes, he might have his armor underneath the ropes. Something that Adam Page would come back and say, "Yo, I never lost the match." You could have did a time limit draw if you want to be honest. No, how he gets the title shot again? He steals the belt. Come on, you doomed 
Adam Page. Adam Page is not one of those dudes that can make the belt. The belt has to make him. You feel what I'm coming from? It's the reason why Ring of Honor never put a belt on the motherfucker in the first place. <laughs> he 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 went to he went from being a fucking fake cowboy <clears throat> to a, a sullen and a drunk to a guy who hangs up with jobbers and geeks, and now he's the champion. They should have kept bitter. him with the hangman gimmick. The way he was in Bullet Club as hangman, he should have just kept with that same story, that same attitude and thought process. You feel what I'm saying? No, they wanted to make him like he was from Texas. Literally from Texas. And whether you like it or you don't like it, Texas is its own thing. Texas is Texas. And Cowboys... Uh, again, whether it's your thing or not, cow- it don't cowboy wear the shit he was wearing. It, it, it stands for something, and I and I've met a few real cowboys in my day. And if we have any listeners that either know cowboys or actually consider themselves genuine, true cowboy, uh, comment or like write in on the Twitter. Like, what if somebody stole your belt from you? Uh, and oh yeah, they stole his belt. Forgot about that. Doing it. Uh, tell me what would happen. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's again, this is Tony does a lot of stuff right, but when Tony does something wrong, it goes does, wrong. It goes wrong, and he definitely needs to, uh, again, like a lot of his shit's lazy. He needs to pass that on to somebody else that, or have an assistant booker that could fill in. Because here's the thing Stephen King, some of his best books are the ones where it's over. A thousand pages. Uh, one of his books, eleven twenty-two sixty-three, uh, about the assassination of Kennedy. The thing that made that book really interesting was it, it was a thing that nobody thinks about when you time travel. That he had to go back in time and live in nineteen sixty, like two and three, before he could do anything. And he, it never occurs to anybody, like, all right, well now you have to change the way you talk, and you can't hum certain tunes anymore. And you can't behave a certain way because you're in the past and, you know, and, and it, the guy didn't realize that. And that's what made the book really interesting and helped carry the book in that people were, you oh, know, yeah. like kind of slowly like, what is that tune you were humming? Or why would you, what is that phrase? Or what do you, you know, and it's those little details that made, okay, big idea. We're going to stop the Kennedy assassination. Okay, sure. Kennedy was a jerk off, but sure. Let's, you know, I don't think he should have been killed for it. Sure. Let's stop the assassination. Big idea. Well, now you got to, now you got the big idea. Well, how are you going to get to the fucking, how are you going to get through the big, it's all about the in-betweens that make the story. Coming up with the beginning and and an ending and like some big shit in the middle is easy. It's all the little shit in the middle that carries the story along. And Tony Mm -hmm. has none of that skill or he just doesn't want to. And also... You, you need to stay off TV or get a haircut or something because you have the charisma of a like a doorknob cozy. Just... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure Tony Khan's a great guy, but he he to me comes off as like a, a kid playing the AEW video game on general manager mode. That's 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 what it comes up to me. Yeah. He, like it's a guy who doesn't really. Who, who's not really like doesn't have the experience to be a booker playing booker and thinking, oh, I want to do this, I can do this, and that's just the way it comes off to me. 
But uh, yeah, let's, let's, see, let's move now, on. Yeah. Now, what else uh, happened on the show? We can get through this and then uh, move on to the the WWE bullshit. You had, you had the opener. You had uh, Adam Cole. Let me Adam. Fuck Adam Cole and uh, Dax Harwood. That was yeah, the opener. Yeah. Uh, we we talked on that. That match. was a good match. I, 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 I like that match. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, a lot of O's to the old school of, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels shit. Um, even fit to how, but. I, I didn't notice this at first. I, I, thought, I had to, like, go back home and watch it on TV. Um, but, like, um, Sarah, she was like, why do you keep showing um, a close of that, of that woman? I was like, what woman? Her. That yeah, was uh, uh, Art's uh, wife, uh, right? Mike. Martha. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, that's uh the person, that's the, the um, I explained to her, that's the, um Owen Hart's wife. That's and it's the Owen Hart um cup, right? What's it called the Owen Hart cup? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Owen Hart uh tournament. It's the Owen Hart tournament, uh memorial tournament, something like that. And I was like, uh, and like, who's uh, it's like, well, who's that? Well. He was this wrestler that died in 1998. Um, 1998, right? What year was it when he, he died? Damn, I can't remember. Um, yeah, he died terribly. Gosh. Yeah, he, was, he was, died. And so um, his wife made a foundation in his name, and um, this is in honor of it. That's best I can explain to her. And so she liked this match. Um, uh, she's like, is this match? Like, oh my god, this looks so real. Because like, Doc was a good job at selling you know, his ribs and him like not be able to breathe, something like that. And that was starting the match, and then he finally tapped out to the sharpshooter. Um, and then she and she thought that he might actually win the match. And I was I was thinking, nah, he's going to lose because he's a ta- one, he's a tag team guy, and two, Adam Cole is the biggest the biggest star. Which made sense. So he didn't. But, but she didn't like go that. But she didn't like have that have that logic, that wrestling um, that that what you call it, that that wrestling logic to um, to use. Um. So yeah, and then uh, what else? Yeah, that match, and they had the women's match. Uh, uh Tony Storm and uh, Jamie Hader, correct? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I saw that. I actually like that match. It was um, all right. I gave it two and three quarter stars. It was fine. You don't have to do no, no. By the way, if anybody listens to this, anybody, any wrestler listen to this, uh, like we all know it's fake. Don't try to make us think it's real by doing dangerous real shit. All right, we all know the apron is the hardest part of the ring. Thanks for mm-hmm. no Michael Cole. Um, I just thought they did a bunch of needless. They, they, they did a bunch of needlessly stupid and dangerous things. I um, mean, they no do reason. that anyway. I mean, that's that's the whole generation, dog. It's like a lot of shit. <laughs> It's okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to keep it on time thing, but it's like this. When I go back and I look at wrestling, like I was like me and you know, um, they show you how much what you just said to me. Off. Me and Billy, we talk about the old school a lot, and I think about one of the things Jerry the King Lawler. You never saw him come off the top rope until he had the guy to the point where it made sense that he's not mm-hmm. going to move 
if I hit him with this, he's not moving. You feel me? Everything that was done was methodical and made sense back then. It wasn't done for spots or what have you. It, it, it was to, they read the crowd and they knew when to pull it in, reel it in or let it go. Here, it's more about the indie wrestling mentality. I want get to get my shit in. I want to get that power. Yeah, I, I want to get that viral moment. You know, period. I want yeah. to... I got to get that Instagram moment or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you know, and me and Billy talk about that a lot because that's just how the philosophy is nowadays. Because to me, think about this. And and Billy can speak to this. Nick ba- Nick Bockwinkle got got over way more than any of these wrestlers got over in this day and age. And he didn't never came off the top rope once. Billy, yeah, I mean, again, it just it's the um, it's it's that thing. It's the same in every industry where it's like, okay, uh, rather. Uh, but you see what everybody's doing. So rather than maybe either trying to be inspired and think of something original or just doing something different, they just go with the flow. Um, that's why I've always said, like, I don't see other male talents as competition because it's like, well, they're not doing what I, I'm doing. Billy, they're not doing Billy and they're not, and they, and they don't have the ideas I have or want to shoot things the way I do. So it's like, we can't, be competition because we're not doing the same thing if there's a lot of guys out there that you literally if they quit tomorrow it's like oh well there's like literally 12 guys with your exact look and body type doing the exact same thing so i can replace you in under five minutes but you know mjf again uh, the way his whole heel persona non-stop even his parents are in on the act and and you know and it separates him from everybody else, and again, he's not doing wild, crazy like the I forget what yeah. it wasn't what the, the pay per view that the match he had with Darby Allen. Everybody was saying that was a 10 minute match and it was a match of the night overall, and it was the opening match of this pay per view. And because, uh, you know, again, he, he didn't do anything spectacular, he played off of Darby's like crazy shit, but he just did all psychology, you know, and, and not only that. Thing. Not only that, he kept teasing and going for a headlock takeover. And that's how he won with it. Yeah, a headlock, something as simple as that, it got so much, like, got, got, uh, got so much, you know, um, anticipation and um, actually sold the match so much. And um, and you guys talk about how I'm 27, right? And how you guys are so more comparative older than me and then know so much more than me. Uh, uh, MGF, is, he's 25, younger than I am. And he has just such an old school mentality, and he actually and he knows his history. He knows he channels Piper and his other heels from the past into, into, his, into his um into who he is. Um, always always references stuff like it's, that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's separating. <laughs> it's psychology, and it's separating because again, you know, uh, the argument when I bitch about Orange Julius, and people go, "Oh, he's a great." I'm like, "Is he competent?" Would I if I if, if for whatever reason I wound up doing a uh, a spot on a show where I played a heel manager for the night and somebody was going to beat me up and throw me out of the ring. Would I let Cassidy do that? Like, yes, because he's competent enough that he would be able to protect me and everything. There's nothing unique. He's all gimmick. 
I just because his wrestling, there's nothing spectacular about his wrestling. Even when he wrestles, he doesn't wrestle like somebody who's that type of hipster. He wrestles like, oh, I used to be in Shikara and I could do all these fucking lucha Japanese hybrid moves. You know, um, a little psychology, you know, goes a long way. And, you know, again, Yes, uh, Dante Martin can fly through the air, and he actually seems to almost like levitate for a period of time. Great. Uh, there's nothing else. Everything else about him is underwhelming, and I don't. <laughs> That's a guy who needs psychology. He, well, no, a, they, a, a lot of them. A lot of the AEW roster. Yeah, a lot of them. AEW but roster, he's one of the more increasing examples. <laughs> they need. They need. They need. Uh, they need psychology. They need to kind of. And again, it's not even. And I hate saying this, but a lot of them are going to think this way, but. It's not what would your persona or character do, you know? Um, it's I, I, I have a I have a IMDb credit, and I played a part of this like kind of small town guy that never left. You know, was an asshole in high school, and he never grew up, and you know, he's still acting like he's in high school and everything. And I thought to myself, okay, how would this guy dress? What would this guy do in this situation? Like, I know what I would do, and I'm going to do the opposite of that. So, like, I was told what the character was in general, and then I pieced it together because it's like, all right, well, this guy, he would say things like this, and he would do this. And, you know, the real me would, if a girl was passed out, I would carry her to my bed and let her sleep in my bed while I slept on the couch and, you know, and, and nothing would happen. Aww, so he nice. would do, he would do something really lame and creepy because that's what this character would do. It's the same thing in wrestling. And again, it's they're allowed to get away with it. Like, oh, he does a bunch of high spots. They're not hold, held to a, a task. You know, if somebody made them like, look, if you want to be on my roster, you got to bring me something more than the fact that you can do a bunch of flips and come off the top rope. Then maybe some, some of them would answer the call and some of them wouldn't. You know, Darby, Darby, Darby is more than, I mean, yeah, he's, he's got like all those death-defying moves, but he has like a persona and a character and, a, and, a, and an, an essence about him. And, you know, um, and he also knows how to sell and, uh, you know, and again, it, it, that's the best part. That's the thing. It's like, I'm not shitting on these guys or being spot monkeys or like all the flippy shit. I'm giving you shit because I could clearly see you're capable of more or, or being smarter about it. And you're not, that's what I'm giving you shit about. It's like, you can, you know, like you're doing the same flips, as everybody else, and you could do more and be more interesting about it. But you're not. That's why Rob Van Dam is Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam did all kinds of crazy shit. But, you know, it was it was unique. You know, there was Rob Van Dam and there was everybody else. And, you know, that's what I'm giving you shit for. You're not trying. Okay. All right. Well, if we're moving on, we have uh, two, two last things. We really have the, 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 the Dan Housen match. And we have... Uh... Uh, the the contract signing MJF and uh, Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, just real, thoughts well, real quick about that. Well, well, uh, well, well, we can move to them real quick. Uh, Hook Danhausen for the match they're about to have. I got no issue with what they're about to do. Um, I figured this was coming. Um. Because the fact that since Mark Sterling is actually going to be in the match, yeah, if not, I would rather have Hook versus Nice versus Dan versus Danhausen versus Nice. Even though I know Danhausen can go, but I just think the match that Hook 
and niece Mike would have, I think would be a better would be a better look match wise, in my opinion. Cause I know how I know niece can get down. He's good. So um how how do especially both of y'all, but especially Billy, um, how do you feel uh, about this pairing this the triumph force uh, with uh Dan Houghton and uh Hook? I I don't get it. Um, and also, I don't get why you would lose have Dan, have Danhausen like you know just lose that quickly and that easily. Yeah, I, 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 like I, honestly, every the way they've handled Danhausen from the beginning again, Tony has dropped the ball and comparing like, putting him with Orange Julius and then just I don't know, like I know he he's getting over an injury and you couldn't just put him in the ring, but also now you're gonna make I forgot him, about that. You're gonna make him comic relief and everything, and and the guy, the beauty of Danhausen was he did all this stuff outside the ring, but when he was in the ring, he could yeah. wrestle. And now you're just gonna make him a a comedy act. I don't but like. Even with that, I don't they like didn't have to pair. They didn't have to pair him with uh, cool. Vince Prince. He could have oh, been by himself. Good. I mean, because to me, I don't know why Tony Khan feels that he got to put everybody in the fucking click when they get there, like. Just like they just announced what the the gun club. Not, not just a click, that. but have you noticed? Have you noticed he always puts somebody in the best friends? You have uh, what's the guy's but name? See, who's in the who's? In, you have see, uh, see, what the fuck is the guy? Mm-hmm. See, you want to know why? Because he's he's trying to make the American version of New Japan. If you look at New Japan, the Bullet Club. Come on, think about <laughs> it. Look, look at New <laughs> Japan. And look at AEW so, and tell me so, you, you don't make the same sense. So the so the best friends is is our version of the new of uh, the Bullet Club. So you have a uh, you have a uh, you have pockets. You have, pockets. You have uh, uh, Wheeler Yuda. You have uh, Trent with no last name. No, actually, actually, have, they really are. If you want to go there, they're chaos. Because yeah. Chaos got uh Yan Yan what's his damn name? Yanni the 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 one that supposed to be the comedy for them in Japan. You have uh Dan House and you have Tomohiro Ishii. That that guy. Fuck it. All right, I guess. I mean, that's why I'm saying that's it seems like that's where they're going with with everything. Because even to the point that you know, which I, I knew we were going to touch on at some point. They talking about bringing the, the, the blood and guts match, aka War Games, back, and it's it, it like put it this way: Look, fuck the contract signing because with MJF and Wardlow, we already know what we're going to get with that. You know, interesting it, because I find it funny that they every time you got to go against MJF, you got to go through something to get to him. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I was gonna ask, where the fuck is MJF? Like, he's he like, he like the final boss in the video game. Like, yeah, I go to all these other people to get to me. Like, but no, no, he's, but, he's, not, he's, he's not a champion. He's not a fucking EVP. Even, even Cody. Cody's like, boy, I'm the EV, I'm, I'm one of the founding fathers. Who the fuck is you? You didn't say that, but like, I'm thinking that, like, or Jericho, the, the five trials of Jericho, whatever the fuck it was called. Like, but why? See, <laughs> but that's no, his, no, that's no, his gimmick. He's, he's no, bad for Mega Man. But see, that's mm-hmm. about, that's the thing about MJF. That's part of his persona. I, 
me, I have no yeah, but, issue with it. But, mm-hmm. To a certain extent, because to me, I just felt like they could have just bypassed all that and you know, um, just had them beef, what have you, or even had Warlow say, this is what I would have would have done. Instead of him putting in the contract that Warlow had to face Sean Spears, Warlow wants to face Sean Spears to show MJF what he's about to get and he get his hands on type situation. You feel what I'm coming from? It's kind of mm-hmm. like they're building MJF to be the ultimate heel rich guy asshole. I mean, he they, they building him up to where he where he supposed to be. If, if they ever make an AEW video game, right, MJF has to be the final boss and he has to be a, an unlockable character once you beat once you beat him, I'm you unlock him. Like you have to go through the you have to go through the entire fucking roster to get to him. <laughs> I I'm guess. Saying, hey, Billy, hey, Billy, what do you think about the fact that the stipulations of the match before Warder gotta go the shit that Warder gotta go through before he even had the match? Do you think what? they should have cut that out? No, it's like one of the few mm-hmm. things. It's one of the few things that they're they're uh, they're making work, and it's mainly because MJ is uh, is is able to pull it off, and Wardlow is playing perfectly off of it because he's not phased by it. Um, and you know, I think this is one of the cases where I think MJF has a certain amount of creative control where he's able to make whatever idea that Tony is throwing out there, like actually work. You could tell again, we don't really know all the details, but in some cases you could tell where like, this is all Tony. And then this is where, Oh, well the wrestlers got a little bit more say and, and you know, whatever, like, like Adam page, I could see that all being Tony. Whereas with anything with punk and MJF, I could see, well, they're kind of, you know, fitted their coloring within the lines and kind of making sure everything it rounds out. I mean, it's been entertaining because again, I didn't think I was going to like the whole, we got to handcuff him before he comes to the ring kind of deal yeah. and everything. But Wardlow, who's going to, who's, you know, uh, going to be one of their biggest stars has been yeah. able to pull it off. And like I said, MJF, everybody, if you're a wrestler and you, and you lace up a pair of boots, you need to, every time MJF comes out, you need to stop whatever you're doing and like record and listen to everything he does and watch everything he does because he is just about as close to perfect as it can get because everything, his mannerisms, the way he does things, everything. It's funny. It's all within the realm of of the character. So everything he does is good, you know, whereas like the, you know, the, the young bucks are trying to be quote unquote heels, but at the same time be like, inside joke cool kids with their own little clique of fans and it's like no no you're are you a heel or you're not a heel like what are you doing it's it's funny what you said um how mjf need to drop everything what you're doing you're right you're absolutely right about that um when i was there i I knew they would there was a commercial and i knew that mjf was next but um starris he wanted like concessions so we went to concessions like i saw so many so look at the clock, listen, I'll see if come back on. I didn't want to miss MJF, um, the MJF's contract signing. Cause I, um, and so we're getting the stuff, right? We're getting free food or whatever the fuck, right? I'm saying, I'm introduced to my boy, um, I forgot his name, or some friend, uh, and uh, stuff like that. And then I hear 
I hear um this music come out. I was like, oh, we got hurt, we got hurt back, got hurt back, got hurt back, right? I said, well, hold on, hold on. Like, I gotta get my fucking mustard or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right? It's like, yeah, Mario hurt. Wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta get my napkin. I'll keep fine, fine, fine. Come on, let's go, let's go. All right. So I'm rushing back to see this guy. Um, and then like I, I hear him talking while we're still like finding finally going back to the seats. Come on, come on, come on, keep going, keep going. And then something like that. And so yeah, you're right about that. Like he is must see, must hear. Um and uh I'm not gonna lie, like by far, like he got the biggest like he got the most heat tonight. Like the whole playing up Long Island playing him as a Long Island guy. And um which I mean it's funny too. This is a nitpick. I'm not making make a big deal about this, but it's funny that they keep calling like the UBS Arena, saying it's in Long Island. It, that's that part of Long Island is barely Long Island. It's like borderline Queens. It is. It's barely. It's because I technically live in Queens, and like that arena is like a five minute walk from my house. Dang. Like it's technically, yeah. That's just a little nitpick. It's like. It's just it's just whack. They, they keep saying it's Long Island, like because you have you have New York City, you have upstate, and you have Long Island, right? Like I would like um, MJF. He's not a New Yorker. He's from Long Island, and he'd be mega over in Long Island, right? And it's just yeah. kind of my trip to see him here in Belmont Park. That's the town um, where the UBS is in, um, being over as like a Long Island boy, which is that's that's. One town over from Queens. That's like a five minute, a five minute it, walk from the five barrels of death. Huh? I said they just gonna lump it into the Long Island. It's just gonna say it's going Yeah. Well, not again. I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm just making a quick nitpick, real quick. Don't I'm not making a big deal. But Belmont. Belmont is barely Long Island. It be, like barely, like like a five minute walk from the five rows of death. Like I swear. Right. So okay, so now we need to move on a little bit more quickly because there's some other things I want to touch. Because I want to touch these in the next ten minutes, so we can move on to the old to the old school. Because we got to talk about the shit right. now. Um, the last thing for AEW, and then there's one thing I want to touch on mainly with WWE, because I don't want to go too deep with them, because they really didn't have much that went on this week anyway. Um, yeah, the, the I, blood and guts, that's the only thing. I know they're talking about the blood and guts, and it's looking like uh, the, was the Blackpool Com- uh, Combat Club, as well as AKA LAX, it just ain't named them that. I'm just gonna call them that. Against the sports entertainers. So, um, the, the Jericho appreciate the JSA. And, excuse me, no, I'm sorry, the JAS, I'm sorry. And, um, okay. I'm, I'm curious who they're gonna add to Jericho's side for this blood and guts because it apparently is, is gonna be a 12 man type match. Because my question is, how in the hell are you going to have it? Is you going to have it a three-way? And how is it going to be a three-way with, where one side and three, two of the teams is basically going to try to kill Jericho? <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know what to really think about this segment. Uh, I forgot about that too, too far right up. Um, uh, again, like, to me, the bloom is off the road to Jericho. I've seen enough of him. And 
he 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 comes out there acting all wacky, saying a bunch of weird shit. Like like again, one of those moments that made me embarrass to be a wrestling fan. It's like he he kept he kept, he called himself a wizard. It's like why is he keep saying he's a wizard? I'm like uh, he had to be there. He he's always making some catchphrase. That's what that's all that's what I could say to um poor Sarah who didn't understand why he kept calling himself a, keep calling himself a wizard. But anyway, um he came out. It was like five of them, right? It's him, uh, 2.0, and uh, Jack Swagger, right? Those five guys. Jack Swagger, as well as I think Jack, uh, Nick Garcia. The Jazz Hands. Yeah. Yeah, 2.0, uh, Swagger, and uh, uh, Jericho. So you had Kingston, you had Pride and Powerful, you had Moxley, and then that's, that's five. You had Regal at six, right? Oh, you were there at yeah. seven. So, yeah. so seven on five advanced baby faces. So, so I don't really know how to. That's what I said. They got to add two more. So I wonder who the two more is going to be. Because. So they add two more baby. Oh, two more heels. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. So the question of it is who would be the two heels, you know, and I'm curious to see how that's going to fall on that end because uh, it's. Uh, I. At right now, the way I feel about the blood and guts is I don't know if I really want to see it. <laughs> I uh, mean, if it was if it was proud and powerful in Kingston versus the the black Blackpool, excuse me, the Blackpool Combat Club, I'm all for it because I know that's going to be a hellified, physical, bloody, nasty match. Two point I know I can't. Di- di- Billy thoughts? I don't know. Uh, did I, I don't know if did I miss something? You know, all of a sudden, the the Blackpool Club came out to attack the Jericho because yeah, I, I, I missed something. I didn't know they had beef. Uh, yeah, and also <laughs> well, no, because what you about to say, Jericho? Because um, not because Moxley and you know Kingston and Sterling are like best pals, and I, that's that's the only look I draw between that. But, but but I think they should have said that. In my opinion, yeah, you're so- right. That's right. right. Definitely right. But go ahead, Um, No, it just seemed like something you're trying to force without doing, you know, the little nuances. And honestly, the sports entertainer thing, it's a great idea. And I would be doing it 100% differently, probably with different guys, because uh, Garcia, I will give a, a tip of the hat that he's trying. But every time he opens his mouth, it's I want to know his cash app because I want to immediately start sending him money to like what's he gonna how much am I gonna give you to have you not do this promo <laughs> because I don't want to see you talk I don't want to see the, the fake fat, Italian I, I don't want to see the skinny fat dude with the big head make the weird faces like he's got a butt plug that just popped out you know or his nondescript partner Jake Yeager it's like it's a good thing you're a trained killer dude because there's something about you that makes me want to pants you uh and <laughs> and and who's left? Who's left? No, I think it, that's it. It, like, I just don't care. Like it's a great idea to take sports entertainers into in a wrestling company. That's yeah. great. It's an invader angle without having to be an invader angle. But I don't care about this group. I don't want to that's see that from that. I don't want to see any of these jerk offs on my TV again. And they're talking about doing a blood and guts match. So now I got to see these bitches bleed. <laughs> And I'm sorry, it's kind of like okay. I'm not gonna lie. I fell asleep with the first part of the last match they had. 
I, I just I don't care about that. I actually like two point oh. I think they put him with Jericho. Actually, no, no, no. I have no issue with them putting him. I have no issue with them being with Jericho. It's just to me, I don't. Daniel Garcia need to be on Blackpool Combat Club. I, I feel Jericho's. Keep going. He fits that more, and I could see what they could have had your boy with the, the Hollywood hunk, Dolph Ziggler 2.0. You know, they could have had oh, him. Oh, So what? His bubble? Brian Leonard? Um, I don't know who that is. Um, you you seen oh, him? He, he's um he looked like Dolph Ziggler. He's the one that used to run with uh. I had to show it to him. But yeah, but he's with AEW. He he always be on BTE and shit. Trying to get a, a script or what have you. But anyway, but yeah. As many other people I think they could have put, they could have threw they could have threw their claim with that. Because they sports entertainment the guns to a certain extent. So it to me, I Dan Garcia shouldn't be there. So but look, let's get off of AEW and let's move on to uh what I wanted to bring up on the WWE WWE side of things. The biggest complaint that the WWE Universe, and I do remember this was the WWE Universe, had was about part-time and having the belt. That's what we're about to get, people. Part-time and having the belt. Because now, oh, uh, that the one and only Tribal Chief is now a part-time. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> I, I vaguely heard about that. Why though? Is it because of his health or the schedule? Why? Probably the way it's sounding, and I put money on it. It's he's about to get into Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, because of even with Nick Khan, Nick Khan. No, I'm sorry. Um, I just always wanted to say that. Um was even saying that they were looking to try to get him into into the um into the movies or what have you. So now we're about to have a situation where the belts is technically unified technically. And now the guy that got the belt is not gonna be on TV hardly and probably ain't gonna do as many pay per views. Well it's a good Dark. thing the world title doesn't mean anything so <laughs> Yeah, obviously don't. And they still talking about unifying because what this coming is it this coming Friday? This coming Friday, they supposed to be uh Unifying the tag belts. Unifying the tag titles. Uh, I'm curious to see if that's gonna actually happen. I because, mean mm-hmm. No, go ahead, what you about to say? No, I was just gonna say I kinda want our care for RK brought to lose the belts, and I think they're going to. And also, isn't this supposed to be a brand extension? Why is that thing being unified? Like, Fox and USA want both separate rosters. Like, in real life. <laughs> they want, like, separate rosters. So how's that going to work? No, actually, I think the reason why they're unifying and they're eventually going to get rid of the brand is because they, they've been arguing that they can't get certain stars because they're on... well. We want that star because they're on that, over there on that shitty roster. Yeah, well, we want that star because, but they're over there on that shitty roster. Like, why can't we get that <laughs> shitty wrestler on that shitty roster over here on our shitty roster? So we, you know, so basically, 
That's they're eventually gonna, and that's yeah. what WWE does. They go back and forth. Like there'll be no brand split for a couple of years, and then you know Vince will pop his little weird puppet head up out of a, you know out of a nap and just you know brand split, and then you know like mm-hmm. not in and you know and and uh, and whatever, and it's just that's been doing it since two thousand. They're gonna go back and forth, and now I think it's because they uh, they're like, hey. We've been. We want. Why can't we get Roman? Well, he's on this thing. Why can't we get so and so because he's on there? And you know, Vince. The only thing that actually sways him is when somebody with more money than him that pays him tells him, like, you know, hey, we want, we want this. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's the that's like the real reason, you know, as far as as far as I know that. And yeah, Roman. And Roman has the ability to go to Hollywood, and I mean, he's. He's kind of hit the ceiling. The only other way he could rejuvenate his wrestling career is to leave and go somewhere else. Um, and this way, <laughs> he can uh, he can get money while you know building, you know the Hollywood thing. Um, you know, I mean, hey, you know the WWE is not going to do you any favors. They, you know, they're never, especially the way they're going as a company, they don't give a fuck about anybody. So if you can get on any gravy train. Like, look at Xavier Woods. No one talks about him, but that dude's going to be just fine when his contract ends because he's been slow building an entire little empire onto his own for when for when he leaves. He's even said it. It's like, hey, one day I'm not going to be with the WWE, so I'm keeping, you know, this name and this name and everything so that way, you know, I have – I can just keep going without missing a beat. Like, there's a guy who's going to be – Way better off and probably in better health in his old age than a lot of. You sure he said? You sure he said one day, not any day now? <laughs> hey, you know what? If the WWE wants, this is a guy that's any day so now that he got a fucking tuba. Or he's got a trombone over. If they want to be dumb enough then, to cut then, him loose, then, fuck yeah. go anywhere. I mean, behind the scenes or in the ring, I would like to see him work. Yeah, wrestle. Dude. So the WWE and, 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 doing, and trust me, he'll get booked on independence. The WWE ain't heavy. doing anybody any favors. The only people they're doing favors for is like Charlotte and Roman. Everyone else, if you want to fire the Usos, if you want to fire this wrestler, go ahead, asshole. They like you've been you're the one that's been dimming them down. So like now they could go somewhere and you know really actually maybe be interesting for once. So like Nick Khan. And please, and please like, let hold on, hold on, Billy. Please let the Usos go. Because that will give me the dream matchup I've been waiting to see. Briscoes versus Usos. I mean, just, you know, Nick Khan is not a, he's like, he's a, he's a fucking asshole executive. He sits behind a desk and he thinks he's a man's man because he sits behind a desk and, and like fucks people over business deals. And he's like, a, you know, one of those guys that, he, you know, uh, probably talks a very big game at the bar, you know, after fucking somebody over a deal. But, yeah, I, yeah. Please, please let certain wrestlers go because you've proven that you don't understand talent or people that are benefit to your company. You're gonna sit there and let these wrestlers go, but like Lacey Evans is still on your roster, and you're gonna push her. You, I would, I'd laugh in his face if I ever met him. It's like, dude, you don't know fuck from talent. That dumb bitch couldn't fucking put a puzzle together, let alone a match anything worth watching on TV. But she's the one you're gonna keep. But you're gonna cut all these other like female wrestlers, okay, asshole? By all means, yes. Act like act like you're doing a great. You're like, oh my goodness, you're you know we're cutting you loose from the WWE. 
it's like, dude, again, unless I was trying to buy a house or my wife had a disease that I had to, you know, needed to pay the insurance, I don't see a reason why you would want to wrestle for the WWE. Other than the paycheck, mm. there's no why. Why would you want to take years off your life and be just driven into the doldrums of, of uh, supposed wrestling? Didn't you know the WWE? It's like, save your money, live on 30 grand a year, save your money, and then in like five years, you got some money, you got like a nest egg and, and you own your house. That's the only quality. Fuck the idea. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah please cut me. You fucking like you're doing anybody any favors. <laughs> All right, now, um, shoot, well, now because of time restraints, we need to move on, we got to move on to the old old school, because I wanted to give a little bit of good, strong time to this subject, plus I got an hour left, because I got a show I got to do with six. So, with that being said, it's time for the old to the old school and stuff, and um, this week, my man Billy's going to discuss... The Sheik. This is two parts, as he would say. And I'm going to step out the way and let him run this this segment, and we go from there. Go ahead, Billy. Yeah, no, um, we're doing two segments because Brian Solomon, uh, Brian R. Solomon, the author of Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real life story of wrestling's original Sheik, uh, does not fuck around um, when he writes a book because this thing is very well written. It's a very easy, very good read, but it is dense and full of facts. And um, really getting, you know, 100 pages in, I realized this was going to have to either be the entire show or it was going to have to be a two-parter because uh, The Sheik was um, basically the Forrest Gump of pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, he was born um, in in, uh, June... 1926 and made his pro wrestling debut at the age of 20 in 1946 and uh from the from the absolute get he was uh a star like he it's kind of it's kind of hard to kind of encompass because as i was reading this um certain stories i actually bled into several other books that had a like cross reference but um, in his early years, he was like, you're very much straight laced, um, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, no nonsense, like shooter wrestler. Uh, he actually started out wrestling for famous promoter uh, Nick Londis uh, in the Detroit area where his family moved from Lebanon to uh, the Detroit area. And ironically, even being like most immigrant families, uh, wound up being more Americana than people who were actually born and raised here. Like they were the prototypical blue collar uh, Detroit families, you know, father being a welder uh, Ed Farhat, you know, came from a ridiculously large family and a very close knit family. Um, and. Uh, hold on one second. I'm consulting my notes. Um, he, yeah, so he started out wrestling in the Midwest through Detroit and Ohio and Indiana. Uh, and it was very interesting because he came in at a time, you know, where the next phase of wrestling that were carried all the way through into the seventies, where you had, um, 
you know, the WWA break off and become uh, its own uh, world title as well, twice in California and in the uh, in the Indiana with the uh, with the Crusher. But also uh, you had the you know creation of the AWA and uh, the only television show was the, you know, wrestling on the DuPont network. And um, the the slow build of what the Sheik slowly became, um, you know, he started to play up, you know, because in this era, most of uh, after World War Two, most of the foreign villains were, uh, you know, you Germans, you Japanese, you're Italians, unless you were in the Northeast. Um, and uh, he essentially started playing up. Originally, it was the Sheik of uh, Araby. And he would, you know, had uh, his but, wife. Sorry, what? But see, but, but, but he was in wrestling before then because he wasn't using the sheet moniker at first, was he? No, he was. He was under Farhad, and then you know uh, he caught on quickly. And uh, he, you know, he. Uh, sorry, my brain just froze. He. Uh, um. Sorry, he. Uh, he. Uh, I remember the author was, was was talking about it that um, he had a bunch of matches before he became the Sheik, and he, well, he wrestled for a few years. He wrestled for a yeah. few years. Um, it wasn't until I want to say you know in the fifties where he really started, to, and it, it all didn't happen in, overnight. Like it slowly added itself. You know, um, like the Sheik slowly evolved in the gimmick. Uh, like the gimmick did not become like the Sheik until the mid sixties. Um, he did a lot of touring. He, you know, he did uh, spent a lot of time in Texas and the Amarillo territory where he formed the bond with the, uh, the funk family. And uh, he also, you know, like out in California, like, you know, but always managed to, uh, you know, kind of come back home, you know, like he never wanted to be far from a family. Um, Actually, you know what? Um, unfortunately, like I said, this is a really fast story, and trying to condense it into uh... well, well, then, it, it, well, well, let's try this. All right, with the sheet from what you had read and what you had looked at, because what made the sheet to me interesting was that he ain't guys that was. Because his matches was brutal and bloody, you know. And I think that's one thing that made him stand out for a minute. And he was a guy that, when when Jay said they lived the gimmick, lived the gimmick, you know. Uh, cause I even remember when Jim Cornette used to talk about, or any of the wrestlers say that, yeah, he was the sheik. He was known as the sheik. His his grandkids or kids or nieces and nephews, Uncle Sheik. <laughs> you know, period. So, from what you remember, how how did he transition from being a wrestler to the promoter, taking over that damn territory? Well, uh, actually, that's actually uh, pretty interesting because that's where we started to divert into, uh, 
you know, uh, where I had to start reaching into other books that I've had. Um, uh, in 1946 was the big, probably the quintessential, 64, I'm sorry, 1964 was the quintessential year for the Sheik in that he was uh, doing, um, he was headlining uh, the Amarillo territory in Texas. And that's where he became the quintessential, um, the quintessential like headliner and a, and, a, and a money drawing headliner because up until then the Sheik was like a mid Carter to maybe up a mid Carter wrestler and it was during this time in 46 where he was or god damn it 64 where he was becoming like the big headliner and money draw and uh Barnett Jim Barnett um and his partner uh, Lonnie Winter uh were you know, running Detroit territory and, and Barnett was famous for creating studio wrestling. And the thing about Barnett was he was living in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, there was a, a very famous sex scandal that came out of there uh, that kind of came to a head in 64, where, um, you know, I had to dip into the Thin 30 by Shannon uh, Ragland where they talk about the Kentucky football team and uh, basically Barnett and his companion would host parties and uh, shower gifts on the football players, you know, and uh, you could see where I'm going with this, have these lavish yeah. parties. And, and actually uh, in particular one rock Hudson would attend uh, these parties. And um, there was also believed some uh, gambling and possibly, some uh you know possible you know little insider gambling going on involving you know and again sexual favors being had at these parties and it's when this hit in 1964 uh it hit big and it was a kind of an un it came on so strong that literally overnight barnett and his partner went from living in lexington kentucky to selling his territory to the sheik and then, uh, who was their booker at the time, uh, and then moving to Australia, where he started WCW, and he remained in Australia until the early 70s, when he was brought back to win the Georgia Promotional War from Ann Gunkel. And um, it was because of this sex scandal breaking out in Kentucky that, you know, Barnett had to get out of Dodge right quick, and they sold the Detroit Territory big time wrestling to Farhad for $50,000. And, uh, and it's at this time when the character, the Sheik, as we knew it finally started to come into like, you know, when he started wearing the specialized boots and he started using the flash paper to throw the fire and he was becoming more and more, uh, wild, uh, you know, as, and then, Hey, you know, that hey was Billy, the, hey, Billy, hey, Billy, hold on one second. Hey, Gerald, since you got to run and stuff, tell everybody, what, tell everybody about your app, brother. Real quick. Hello? Oh, he gone. Go ahead. Yeah, he already bounced. My bad. I thought I thought he was still on there connecting. Go ahead, Billy. Uh, no, that was, that was it. And that's where I was going to end it. Because in 1964, that's when um, he was going to... That's when the Sheik became the owner of the Big Time Wrestling. And then he started to... Uh, essentially reshaped the territory. It, was, it became what it was called, you know, kick-punch territory, where 
you know, it had a lot of action and it had characters and everything. And um, also he uh, started to get his foot in the door in the Maple Leaf Gardens and uh, with Jack Tunney and started bringing money there. And that's where, you know, it began the this is where the like the legendary era of the Sheik really came into the modern thought. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to end it there this week okay. uh, because we haven't even, because again, we haven't even been able to get like with Bobo Brazil, but also he hasn't even gotten to, to Japan yet because he became a huge star in Japan. Um, you know, there's like, again, there's, the guy was the Forrest Gump. Like he actually is credited with turning Freddie Blassie around this time. Uh, uh, he uh, babyface because uh, he also like again while he's wrestling for Detroit, he's also like you know, just literally making shot like flying in on a on a Thursday and then heading out Friday night after the matches. And uh, you know he actually made the. He actually made the Freddie Blassie after a series of cage matches in the Olympic Auditorium a babyface, which set up which set up the last great feud for LA wrestling, uh, which is uh, Tolis, and that was like the last high profile uh, feud that the Los Angeles territory had, and it was because you know he was able to turn um, turn babyface because of the sheet. So, I mean, you know, I mean, this guy, everywhere he went, he had a massive impact, like the Cow Palace, you know, uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, you know, he, like I said, it's, uh, you know, it was, it's, uh, again, it's going to take a little bit more uh, time to ex- go into greater yeah. detail. And we would definitely do that and give you the part two next week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, Jared had to go. Y'all can check him out. On his app, he has his own app, people. The BGPLLC app. You can download it on your phone, or you can do it on your desktop or whatever mobile device that you have. He has a wonderful radio station with which we actually appear on, and he and he got multiple radio stations. Man, doing it up there in New York and stuff. And um, another another one in the books, Mister Pilgrim. Another one in the books, Mister Pilgrim. <laughs> so now programming note with somebody wanted to put a bug in your ear. Um and we'll definitely talk about it more off camera. But hopefully I think next week, hopefully, 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 we might be giving you a premium smoke um video. The actual video where you can see me and him both or what have you. Um, and the only way you can see video will be in the premium smoke room. So no, the actual program on wrestling, no, there's not gonna be video because well, that's free. You know what I'm saying? You know, period. Now, at some point it might be. <laughs> but for now, we want you to go to that premium smoke and get that premium smoke there, what have you. And um so how you feeling? How you enjoyed this episode, sir? That was good. Yeah, yeah. We it, it we finally got together after all the damn dropping of this damn uh, <laughs> anchor and shit. But we got it. We got it. So with that being said, people, you know how we end this every day, all day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? The learning thing, Billy. Until next time, when it's Vader time, we'll see you then.
Yeah. 